You're listening once again to WTF and Vonadeel. It's a fine place for a day full of breakdowns, but it takes more than a podcast to show us how with Spicy and the Fox Danger. And today we're going to be dealing with progression after we get through all of our musings at the start. So if anyone's listening just for the progression stuff, because you've not listened to us before, that sucks. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll uh, progress to that issue later. There's a lot of progression to make within this progression episode. We did once touch on a free-for-all scrapping together, a guest not being there that night or something happened, and we had to just go, huh, what are we going to do? And his last minute, let's do a new players episode and just spitball random stuff. But this time it's going to be that redone and progression more overall as a topic because it's, you know, it's important mostly to new players focusing on it with the utmost, you know, unwavering determination of, uh, uh, I'm going to get to endgame. I'm going to get there, guys. Just hold on. And, you know, it doesn't go away, but eventually you calm down. It's like getting laid for the first time. Yeah. Just going just going nuts about it at first, all up on the pedestal, and then you finally get there and you're like, oh, is that it? Well, I guess I could do some more. <laughs> I was going to say, is that it? Maybe maybe there's different experiences for people, Fox, but it's a little better than, <laughs> a little better than is that it? I'll uh, leave the money um, on the dresser. Have a nice one. <laughs> right. So how are no, you doing? I had a, I had a pretty wild twenties, um, but um, yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm doing pretty good. I did uh, some testing earlier today on uh, Beastmaster. Got to update the wiki a little bit, and then I went back through and um, I know. tested some stuff on Ninja too. I know we just got off of the the whole sex thing there, but if you're talking about you just did testing and updated the wiki, I don't know if you're trying to seduce me or not. Oh, I know, right? That's uh, that's how I lure people in. <laughs> my wiki game's my- strong though. My wiles, my wiki wiles. Some people like uh, fancy cars and flashy clothing and stuff. I just want a, a nice, sturdy guy who can edit the wiki for me. You know, when you were mentioning the um, the whole like getting laid for the first time thing, it immediately made me think of like the forty year old virgin scene, where like he finally gets some at the end, and it's and it's like uh, you know, it's like five or like thirty seconds later or whatever, and then it's like uh, like fifteen or no, it was like two hours later or something like that, the second time. Just made me think of that for some reason. It's a it's a classic movie. They're just like sandbags, like bags sand. of sand. You know this this non alcoholic beer just open. It it lacks punch, Fox. It lacks punch. That's sad, man. It, it's not the alcohol that gives it the punch. It's the it lacks the the punch of fermenting hops. I could have told you that though. Like, I don't know. I'm not well aware. Kind of medium. But uh, the the Beastmaster thing, it was actually very good that I retested it. Um, basically the augments gear that everyone attributes to the damage like the most notable one being the uh the new kumi uh, gasapi plus one um that's supposed to turn your killer instinct effect or half of it into damage and dt also um that actually stacks with the killer instinct buff itself and i had to rewrite how basically you, you read and understand that on there so it looks way different on the wiki now um wait for those of basically us, for those of us like me oh, who'd have to type that item in because you don't remember it offhand is that your empyrean hands or what what is that for beast oh it's the uh empyrean body for Beastmaster. Okay, it's, it's the body the exact same effect that the founder's breastplate does for the heavy armor jobs because i played and, beast uh, on a mule level 99 before eye level came out so i remember the empyrean body having the killer effects i didn't know there's like a different piece well there's been a uh there's been a lot of um questioning for a long time about how oh how do killer effects work and so forth and so on and yeah you you do need these um you didn't you do need the augment stuff to actually uh the augments 
Founders. killer effects. Yeah, founder stuff. You you need that in order to actually get the damage and DT bonus. Um, but people didn't really know what Killer Instinct itself did, and it's oftentimes not even used properly. But it also provides that bonus, and it's additive to that bonus. So if you have both Killer Instinct and that item, you gain the full benefit of your killer traits as an extra damage percentage and DT applied after the fact or post uh, post calculation. I mean, is there so, is, is there? I know the value of what you're talking about because it's a multiplied <laughs> after everything as another category. But is there a way to simplify that down to you take less damage, you possibly intimidate, and you get an extra attack on every hit, like bonus on every hit, not yeah, an yeah. extra attack attack. Yeah, so the, the best way to quantify it, and I don't think it applies directly the same way in the formula, though it might, um, is to think about why people really like the R15 augments for Rima's, because it's a straight damage boost to that weapon skill, and it applies to every hit in the weapon skill um, overall. And that's exactly what this does for multi-hit weapon skills as well, for anything that it can apply to. Um, so for damage, it's an incredibly huge damage boost, um, especially if you can get the really high numbers, which really only Beastmaster main can, but you can try. And uh, I guess blue can do it too. You yes. showed that you could get some pretty good traits for that. But um, on top of that, uh, the damage taken thing is neat because uh, people are aware of the uh, 75% uh, PDT cap um, that we can achieve in gear. It's actually 87.5, uh, but most people can only get to 50% because you're not a rune fencer or you know a paladin with a bird gang to get uh, 68. Um, what ends up happening is you take half the damage, 50% of the damage, and then you apply the killer trait and you have it again. So you take um, much less damage than before. So essentially, like a pet taking no damage, tanking something, a player with the right killer instinct can take 87.5 minus and laugh at it like you were with Canopierce against Mabose. Yeah. Yeah, so Canopierce, something that's uh, notorious for killing people standing alone. Um, on Beastmaster, I just ate that and didn't even care because I. It, it, it's like a, a special... It's, it's kind of like a special damage taken amount that doesn't really care about a lot of the other factors. Um, when you look at damage takens, I'm not going to go too deep into that. But it's for like the same reason that a paladin can survive with an Aegis on. Um, in most situations, it's, it's the same sort of scenario. It's just another way that can happen. So it, it's really important that that gets out there and people realize how it works, especially given the um, the, the nature of all the NMs and, and a lot of the hot topic uh, things that we're doing right now, like Odyssey. Uh, because they all have the the animal types or whatever, the monster family types. So you're going to be able to abuse correlation in some way if you can work a Beastmaster into your group. Yeah, on our YouTube now, we've finally broken out of just uploading the podcast. Since we haven't had after hours or anything, there are some other things, just random recordings that happen that are probably going to end up on there. Just sound checks that are good, things like that. <laughs> Pre-planning the episode stuff. But now we finally have what the fuck is gameplay? Not that all WTF and Vana Deal is what or fuck. It's just, you know, who the fuck, where the fuck, why the fuck. It, it's a lot of things, but this is specifically specifically what the fuck is gameplay. So now we have Mabos oh. up there. So that's what you decided to call it. Yes. Well, yeah. Oh, you didn't see? No, no, no. I was just kind of roll with whatever decision you made. Oh, I just I just unilaterally did that. Was that, was that bad? Seems good. No, nah, I don't care. I fit the, the, the scheme there. So better than off the record. I, I always care so much. But now we have that, that is fine. and we'll have Ongo, and we'll have uh, other stuff coming up there that's fun. Yeah, a huge shout out to Papesi for the uh, Ongo strat. That's what I based it off of, and that Ongo is actually a super legitimate run. But at least, that's a, I don't think we have to give credit to anyone for the Mabos besides you, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that was just me playing around with damage splits. It, it was a, um, a product of me talking to Martell about it a long time ago, and 
him confirming what I thought about like the multiple targets thing and split. It was, it was, it was a conversation that we had when we were talking about like the Mimbo's mechanics itself. Um, he had mentioned the, the seven targets allowing the splits to be less lethal. And I was like, Oh yeah, cause it's needles. Yeah. That makes sense. That's kind of what I was thinking anyway. Um, and then I was like, well, why do we stop there? Let's just go ahead and split it amongst more targets and also provide really, really hardy, um, like buffs and debuffs, like basically make ourselves as unkillable as possible. And, um, you know, it just kind of worked out the way it did. And now Mbos is probably just going to be this, uh, this pretty easy content first from here. On. That's the, in my opinion now, after figuring out a strategy for him, because his mechanics are the easiest, straightforward to understand. You got to split the damage. You got to handle it. You got to heal. If you do those things, you don't have to worry about, I mean, skill chain to proc. Otherwise, there's nothing. He absorbs your buffs. You got to dispel them. I mean, it's really, for all that, for what it sounds like, it sounds like a big hurrah, but compared to the other ones where you have to worry about getting killed by the shark's uh, puncture, if you don't have a defense buff going up and everyone, you know, all those things going on there. It just, Mabose feels, he, you, anyone can tank him. He's, he's weak. He does not oh, get yeah. very hard. You don't have to worry about him murdering you. Like when the, you know, Kalunga, the T-Rex sits there and bites you in the face with sealing, searing serration in your midcast for like 1700 damage. Because he has a defense down aura going on, it's just you know it's it's a bad time. You don't have to worry about that with Mabos. You, you really have to focus on your your pet jobs that are there though. Um, those people have to be on top of their game. Like at least the summoner can resummon, but your beastmaster has to be very mindful of the sets that you're in at all times. Uh, one of the main things that uh, will kill your pets is stuff like uproot, where we're gonna resist it because we have specific songs and gear that's that has like resistance for it. But your pet is not gonna have like any resistance to to uproot at all. So if you're not wearing like the full like 87.5 uh, DT for your pet, it's going to take like 9,000 damage and explode. So you actually can survive it. Your pets have about 6,000 HP or more, maybe even a little less sometimes on Beastmaster. Um, so oftentimes you just pop a reward after something like that goes off. But make sure you just communicate to your group while that's going on. If you're going to attempt to use Beastmaster for further damage splits um, and debuffs and stuff, uh, just communicate to your group. Let them know when to stop feeding TP and stuff. Uh, then you can... You, you know, you can either reward or call out a new pet or something, but communication is key, though. You can't just go in and just be like, I'm going to do all the damage because I'm on Beastmaster because all I did was steal the kill from you, dude. Yeah, your pet, besides putting on the slug is what you use, besides the killer instinct at the start and putting on um, you know, defense down and attack down with the slug, it just it sat there and stayed. So, it, it, you know, you stayed in your one set and it didn't take damage as much and it just kept healing by staying and reward running reward timer. You didn't have to worry about losing your pet. Yep, exactly. And even when we uh, do the V15 version, the only thing that's going to change is uh, we're probably going to have our Corsair Savage Blading with you, and I'm probably still not going to engage, because you just can't you can't risk the weapon skill slot swaps because if your pet dies, you screw the entire group. So they're just kind of putting that Im importance on there, because a lot of people probably won't talk about that. A lot of people will probably just talk about like the damage you're doing or, or whatever. Something that's, that's useless, because you're going to win the content anyway, as long as you're steady. I assume the problem people have when they talk about taking beast or something, they assume the beast has to be actively doing something. It should be fighting, but once you have your TP for the skill chain later, when aura comes up, you don't have to do anything. And it was weird, mm -hmm. because when that garbage threat on Auction House that's still going on was posted, <laughs> it's like people didn't seem to quite understand the application of having beasts like like Buki in there. He goes, I spammed, you know, um, TP Dream TP Kiss with the leech to try and give the Dark Knight a chance. It's like, no, you just don't. Less is more. Less is more. Less is more is huge, especially on Embos, but really on a lot of them. Um, I guess Ongo doesn't, isn't the same way, but people will see that when that comes out. But yeah, just um, the, the, the less TP you feed these things, the less dangerous they are. And 
Yeah. As long as you just control the fight and just do the mechanics of the fight, like understand them and, and try to formulate a strategy around them, you'll you'll probably be successful. Mabos feels like he has not a lot of HP compared to when you fight Kalunga or something like that. I don't know if they're different between each one. Maybe they're all the same HP, but he just felt a lot slow and steady, easy without being a lot of HP. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, at first, I thought my weapon skills were hitting harder, like when we did it the first couple times where I actually did do damage. Um, but that actually wasn't the case. I was actually doing quite a bit less damage than I would expect. Uh, but his HP percentages were still well, falling, so protect. it feels like that's the case. Well, yeah. And to those out there who don't know or haven't read that thread, um, have your summoner, if they're in that group also, have them use Atomos because Atomos is amazing and it cannot be resisted. That's just the tip of the issue. Yeah. Plus, we all got a really cool protect out of this, out of the deal, too. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, because Carbuncle can give you... See, I love that strategy because it takes a job and beast and does what you'd expect it to do while doing an application that you don't expect it to do by standing there otherwise after it's done its one-two things and then having a summoner actually provide a good amount of use to the group because you're buffing Nagling's damage and you're just providing HP absorption, but you're also providing good DD buffs when you don't want extra people doing stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the the whole less is more idea is is just really important. Like just because that beastmaster isn't actively swinging or doing anything else, just them being ready and attentive and paying attention to the fight for when they are needed is super important. Like just because you are not actively swinging or activating your pet does not mean you are not contributing. It means you're just doing your job properly. So is next week's intro that was not a planned segment going to be to talk about ninja doing onga? <laughs> well, I already mentioned that in the uh, in the uh, the chat. It, it just didn't. It just doesn't work out. But yeah, I guess we can talk about that. Well, I mean, we did V10 Ongo in about four minutes and thirty seconds. If you exclude the invincible, because we did it in less than five minutes. So. Oh, I misheard Ongo for for Engai. Oh no 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 Engai. Ongo. Yeah, I thought you were talking about my attempt to tank Engai at Ninja. That no no, we don't talk about that. That's pretty bad. That's no Ninja does not tank that one. It was that was a. You know, see, the problem, too, is we're willing to go in and lose because we're going to eventually win because we have to do what's right for our group. It's not a matter of copying a strategy from someone or, or this or that. We have to do what's right for our group because someone like me only has a couple jobs and I drag the group down. But you still, you know, you have to figure out what <laughs> works for the people and what you have. It's not about replicating a strategy. If someone doesn't have Dark Knight and you see, oh, they did Embos with Dark Knight. Quick, someone go make Calibog and, and, you know, when you're ready and R15 it and everything, because that's be perfect, of course. You know, we'll, we'll just go attempt it then because we can't do it until you do that. No, you just, we work around what works for our group, which means trying and failing. So in the Odyssey Throne Auctions, I see people pussying around, not wanting to try and do things. And it's like, no. Yeah. yeah. And they make up excuses too to justify it. Well, if it was more than one data farm segments, uh, the key item, or, you know, it's just such a waste of time. Oh, you're playing a game. Get over it. Exactly. Like when we do, when we're doing Odyssey, we actually focus on playing the content. I'm not really going to like, is, is it even white knighting? I'm, I'm not even going to like talk about the content like, oh, we're going to play it like it was meant to be played or something. But just so you know, we have the capability to go in there and just mewing strat things to death. Like, it'll never have a TP move. Like, we'll just mew it and we'll just kill the content. It'll be super boring. Or we can play the content and actually have some fun with it and actually allow our job diversity that we have for the group shine. And that's where we get really cool plays, like, you know, being able to do embos this way or the upcoming end guy that I'm going to apply Beastmaster to as well. That's That one's going to be pretty cool uh, tomorrow. 
you know, so, it's see. it's the the mewing thing because they were talking about that all the time in the Odyssey thread too. It's like, oh, a mewing's reduced, but it still works if you just. And it's like yeah, it's not hard. It's like they're trying to force it into not being a mob anymore because they can't handle it when it is, and it's just that bothers me because it's it's just it's really weak. I like those strats because there's a certain amount of like strategy control that comes in, but it, it should. You're right though; it shouldn't be applied to everything because then why would you ever? you know, bring other jobs to stuff. Like, it's, it's, like just, it's just not interesting. Yeah. It's like conduiting. That's like, that's and you might, you it. might lose still too. I mean, it just depends. Like you can still get unlucky with a TP move. So, I mean, just to come in more prepared and more flexible so that you have less fails. I, I... So anyway, how are you doing, man? Um, doing fine. Doing, doing all right. Carrot is the wedding still coming up. Uh, let's see. There'll be one more episode before, the wedding. So actually, the the what we'll the work around the recording of that because it's on a recording day. So we'll have to we'll have to work around that. That's fine. Um, we'll figure it out. But she's now. It's like she's like, do you want a balloon arch? I'm like, what, what a balloon? How many balloons? She goes like forty. I'm like, honey, where are we blowing these up with? My mouth. I mean, I got a lot of hot air I spew, but I, I don't got enough to blow up all these balloons all day. <laughs> I got shit to do. Sounds like you're going to be blowing up a balloon arch. I walk by, she's looking at that fucking archway. It's like, no, no. I, I tell her, I go, honey, all we need is a good old-fashioned tree, someone to say some magical legal binding words, we say some nice stuff, and then we go and drink and eat food and all that. I don't need this. I don't, I don't want balloons that are... Uh, think of the sea turtles, okay? I don't, I don't need this shit. It, it was, the fuck do I care about balloons? I don't... I, 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 fuck that. It was always supposed to be the least amount of pomp and circumstance while still being a very small, nice, intimate gathering of fun and drinking and this and that without getting all, you know, you know, none of this video call my dad, none of this nonsense. (laughs) You know, imagine that going, imagine that going, hey, can you hold a phone, please? Because their parents aren't here. It's like, no, because I already said there's no recording this. It's not happening. And I already kind of went, I wanted to say, no, they're not going to, I'm not going to talk to you with a phone behind me so that your parents can hear me or something. That's stupid. But then I realized. All about the intimate experience. Yeah. The intimate experience. I got a, I got a phone in my face, you know, Ooh-hoo. but then I realized like, you know, you know, it's, it's his only daughter, you know, it's, it's, it's only kid, frankly, but um, you know, he's, he's not there for whatever reason and without getting the details, like, ah, uh, you know, I don't want to deprive the guy of probably one of the most special moments to, in his mind. Uh, you know, so I'm like, fine, we'll do it. She's finally not my responsibility anymore. <laughs> she hasn't been his responsibility for years. I took that off his hands. Oh man. All right. Hey man. Well, it's like a band aid. You're almost done. You know, but it's funny because she goes, I can't imagine, you know, these people have this big wedding and all this stuff. This is this is stressful. And cre- I go, it's not stressful for me. I just picked a date. All I got to do is pick a time. I'm like, does 11 sound fine? So it's kind of like, a, you know, we can do it, then eat lunch kind of thing. I don't know. What do you want? But all yeah, I need as the, is a date and time. That's it. Yeah. As the dude, you just have to not fuck up. I mean, I'm wearing, you know, worn through jeans and a T-shirt. She's, you know, she's suddenly ordering dresses that she said she wasn't going to wear dresses. And I'm like, okay, whatever you want. I'm still wearing this next to you. So I am not changing my outfit. You can do what you want. It's a very intimate experience. It's, it's, you know, I, it's, I keep it in perspective. It's, it's, it's fair, man. It's a special thing, but it's not nearly as, you know, crazy as it needs to be made out to be. Otherwise, we went CPing recently, Fox. The Abenteuer von Spicy und Reisen here, bringing out Puppet Master for the first time in a while to get some CP. 
That's right. And where where'd we go? I mean, with with a with a beast and a puppet master like duo and eventually trio, uh, where where could you go for that kind of CP? I mean, wouldn't the camps be limited with such LOL jobs? Such LOL jobs. How about during this CP time where everyone's buying CP from all the bots that have completely shut down all the zones you need to go to? Hmm, it sounds like this is a job for Intercaras Canar. So we went and fought the Flying Sperms, which was a very good time, just the two of us. And we asked the Link Shop and it wants to come out and a summoner joined us. And that was, I was thrilled to have a summoner join because the way we were doing things, we didn't want another DD because it would have screwed up skill chaining. It would have not helped. And the summoner can pull, it can provide buffs. It was magic bursting. Perfect. I mean, a Geo or something would have been nifty, but that's, otherwise, I, I was completely very happy with just a summoner coming. I was, that was my pick of the letter right there. And that was good. Just, you know, you, you go to number, what, five in Moramar, and then you go to the question mark thing, run through the little zone there and the question mark, and it's immediately to your left past the skeletons. Great camp. Otherwise, yeah. Pox Sounds. Pox Sounds are very good as well, but that's, that's a different zone, and right? That's the home point, and you walk around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's several good camps out there. It just depends on how far you want to walk. Um, the most immediate camp is like skeletons and stuff. And really, that's for your monks and, and things. There, there's been people talking about this before in videos and stuff, but people tend to forget because people only buy CP for some reason. Um, just with trusts, we were getting like around like four 65k CP account. Yeah, something like that. We I was capping without a back. Legal, yeah. It was great because I didn't have to waste. I need because you need a back in that zone, honestly. Because especially for pup, because I'm in a low buff situation, I want my puppet to have haste and fight with me. So having that haste in the puppet made the puppet go from single digits to ten percent of the parse, which is nice. And the cool thing about these camps is if you can chain high enough, you'll get to the sixty-five k cap for CP without a back, even when there's no campaign going on. So to put it in context. Uh, we actually have a campaign going on now that's going to like double or, or even triple towards the end of the month uh, the amount of CP you get per kill, uh, depending on your chain bonus. Um, this is a camp that can do that anyway. And for whatever people reason, people buy CP and, well, yeah, I guess you can just go here and do it yourself if you really want to. But yeah, we had a pretty good experience just killing and just mowing through things. It's actually kind of mindless. So since it's a progression episode, this is not a camp for new players because you're going to need... Nope. I mean, if you're a support job, you got it made. White, I mean, a white mage would be fine. A red mage would be cool. I mean, if you had a reasonable amount of accuracy, if you went out with a party and weren't low manning, you take a bard or something like that, you can get the accuracy because without pulling up the Apex page on BG, I want to say it was around 1350 needed. It varies for each mob in there too, so it's not like you can ride the same. But 1350... That, sound, that sounds right. I, I, was at, I was at 1440. I remember checking, and I, I know my accuracy was high. It's not unreasonable if you have food on. I mean, if you had yeah. to write sushi, that's fine. It's 100 right there. So as long as you can get to like 1150 is really not even hard for a new player too. So well, as long as you have some accuracy buffs on top of your sushi, you should be even as a new player able to. But your concern at that point would probably be damage. So as long as you're skill chaining as a group, if you have someone else to either make a stronger skill chain or some magic burst happening, then even newer players, as long as they have their act together, like newer players that are still not very well geared or not sure of themselves, you should be able to make your way in a camp like that. The it also depends on your role too. I mean, not everyone has to be a DD, and if you want to be able to get a job that'll help you experience more groups, uh, maybe you could do a support job or something like that, and that actually lowers the entry bar to being able to go to one of those camps. So it's not really progression per se, but it's still food for thought um, when you go to explore new jobs and stuff, and that's part of what we'll talk about later on too. So, you know, Fox, when I take a sip of this, it's good, but it's just this super, super, super flat ending. 
you know, if, if it wasn't so yeah, flat. I imagine that it, cause, cause that's usually my, so you're drinking non-alcoholic beer. If anyone like missed that, but, um, that's usually my take when I drink anything non-alcoholic. Uh, cause I used to have to sell some new non-alcoholic beverages in a previous version of my life. And, um, I, I just always had the hardest time like talking people into buying them if they weren't already in the market for it. I wouldn't mind this if I had just worked out or something. That'd be great. But honestly, I mean, the Bitburger German non-alcoholic, I haven't had the Edinger or anything else like that because you can't find it as easily. They make one as well. I mean, I imagine all the good German breweries do. Theirs are usually actually, you can still tell it's it's imitating it, but it's actually really good and close. I can enjoy those. Hmm. All right. Well. But anyway... What do we want to get to an email here? What do we what do we have here? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have the email, or or if we want to get into the question that we oh, were asked for to answer anyway. Hold on. So, huh? once again, I don't know if I've addressed it live on air. When we did the relic lore episode, I messed up with the durations. I don't know if I mentioned it before because I was thinking of the seventy five durations and not using my brain to go. Oh wait, those were buffed up to upwards of what three minutes. I don't want to state anything specifically about looking it up because otherwise I'm going to get, you know, I've had multiple tells. This is like the number one thing I've had people send me a message To be on. honest, I would also nitpick you too. I mean, you, I just well, didn't nitpick you for this one. I, I, you know, it's fine to nitpick me. It's just, I, everyone needs to know. I know I messed up. I done fucked up. I know it. It's fine. Done fucked up on the internet. Mistakes happen on the internet. I know it's easy to, to say I'm stupid because I am, but there we go. I've acknowledged it. Thank you to the people who sent me an email or tell or pm or whatever or discord so and then also actually on the same vein um for the ninja cast that we just uh that we just we just put out oh the um, i end up saying yeah that uh the ninjutsu for inhibit tp uh delivers a plague and that's not actually true it's actually similar uh in effect dependence uh, on monks for chi blast for those who know what that does it just limits the amount of tp that, that a uh, mob would get per hit basically um in my mind, I always associate it with plague, um, but it is actually just an inhibit TP effect. So I just wanted to, to say that too. Is I, I, I got that part wrong, um, it, despite the reason for it. Just for whatever reason, my brain is always going to call that plague, and I don't know why. It, it's it's not though. So email time. Yeah, it's email time. So I guess we could just call this the abject hour because well, <laughs> anyone is free to send us an email. Abject is making a sport out of it every time, so. What did he call this one this time? So you never send me the titles. I never know what these are called. The subject line. Cinnamon Toast Grunge. The taste you can be. Oh, oh, you did tell me this time. I just didn't take that seriously. Cinnamon Toast Grunge. The taste you can be. I don't know what that means, but maybe it's because I don't know what a grunch is. <laughs> is it, it, I'm sure if Abject was here, he would explain. And for those who've seen the new Embo's video, that is Abject in there and doing his watch this weird video I refused to watch because it was not intriguing and I will not be intrigued. <laughs> and all the first comments were, I'm intrigued. I am still not intrigued. I did not watch it. I am not watching it. Yeah, he's a he's a character. So what do you want to do, Fox? Uh, one, three, what do you want? Um, I'll go ahead and take up... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take up number two because I'm going to have something to say about one, but I'll let you go first on that <laughs> since you're the chef. I am not the chef. Dear Spicy Fox, for those who may not know of the food page in the What the Fuck in Vanadil Discord, there is one. There is one, by the way, join the disc. Oh, there is one, by the way. You gotta use commas, man. There is one, by the way, join the Discord and get your chance to argue with people from across the realms. But what foods 
do you guys feel is the best in general for endgame content for each class of player? Healer, DD, tank, support, and scrub. Man, that's a that's a hell of a list that we can make here. Of course, he already knows our my feeling on best in slot and stuff. But uh, what, what do you what do you what do you think is as far as like food? I guess just in general, right? I probably have more food to list off because I think I carry twenty slots of food on my character. Yeah, I was actually surprised to learn that you uh, carried more food on you than I do, and I have like easily three times as many jobs. It's not twenty, but I'll, I'll keep at least like a lot of them. I'll keep carbonara. I'll keep black curry bun, miso ramen, salt ramen, the new uh, popoto con queso, uh, red curry bun, uh, crepe, uh, grapefruit daifu- grape daifuku, Um What else? Is that it? Uh, oh, I have the, the pucketrice, uh, fried pucketrice <laughs> egg. Of course, the turducken. Yes, sometimes I'll have the fried popoto. But I have a lot of different foods, and there's some niche foods sometimes. I might use like a cookie or something for the killer effect. Are you? I'm sure you have like the D sitting around to give people to, right? Yes, the deep fried shrimp. It is in the, the trifecta there of subtle blow foods, which is I use the attack subtle blow food from a Bose because I don't know why everyone focuses on capping and gear when you can have one better piece of gear to suit your needs, and then you're going to use attack food anyway. So use the, you know, the, the fried bucket trice egg. It's, it's a better choice for like eight, nine subtle blow. It's fair. Well, um, I'm slightly more simple when it comes to these things. Uh, I guess I can start with the healer one. Um, for healer, I will typically use miso ramen. Um, but if I know that I'm in uh, heavy AOE situations with physical, I'll actually pop tank food. So I'll usually pop like an omelet sandwich. Um, I'm oh, one of those weird too. healers. Yeah, omelet sandwiches are amazing. I will anyone who's heard me rant about omelet sandwich, like they know that that's probably my favorite food in the game. Period. It's accuracy, um, defense, and enmity plus. Yeah, it's super good. And as a healer, I'm one of those crazy healers who believes that my HP pool um, is also considered healing when something's hitting me instead of one of my DDs. So I have like no reservations against the tank going down and I'll start flashing stuff. I don't give any kind of a fuck. Um, but yeah, on healer, like I'll use either of those foods. A lot of time I just use magic evasion, though, so that way in mid cast and stuff, I don't get enfeebled. Um, DD is kind of a wide one, though. Um, I can break that down into like your two-handed heavies, like your dual wheel DDs, and uh, your like your magic DDs. Uh, typically, as a uh, as like a heavy DD, like something like Dragoon is what I play very commonly. So I don't usually have like many hack issues or that sort of deal. I, it, again, it depends on buffs, but I'll actually use Behemoth Stakes a lot of the time. Um, it's a nice long food, and usually I don't bring a heavy DD to something unless it's like a longer event um, because Usually people just need a solid person to fill that role. Um, and then for like the the one-handed DDs, um, they're usually pretty attack starved, but I also like to dabble in a lot of uh, TP bonus offhand stuff sometimes. So uh, occasionally I'll not use um, stakes for that, um, but I will use something like the Great Daifuku, like you mentioned, um, because that has both accuracy and attack and it's a nice spammable food too. Um, that way you can you can change it as you go. You know, you're not locked into it for three to five hours, you know, that sort of deal. Oh, I also forgot I keep Sublime Sushi. Then I keep some of the cheaper sushis I get from the fishing up in the Mog Garden. So I'll have the Bream and Soul and Squid Sushi. And then I'll also have a Rabbit Pie. Yeah, actually, um, on Beastmaster specifically, I'll still use the Grape Daifuku. But sometimes I'll use um, Sublime Sushi on that job just so I can use greedier um more stat driven sets for weapon skills and stuff 
Um, usually my regular accuracy doesn't, it's, it's so high, it just doesn't matter. But I just like to make sure I land all those multi-hits, especially for decimation. Like you want to think about what's, what, what weapon skills you're using and things. Um, or if I'm on Dark Knight, I'm probably locked to Sushi just because it's a very, it's a much lower accuracy job than um, a lot of the other jobs you're working with. And was that may sound like a lot of foods too, and there is some overlap there, especially the the cheaper sushi that I mentioned I'll use in an ambuscade run where I need a little accuracy and I don't care. But black carry yeah. bun, higher defense than miso ramen. So if I'm on a rune fencer, particularly magic evasion isn't my biggest concern at this point because of how good the magic evasion gear is. It's usually just, you know, a bar spell and stuff will carry you at that point. So I'll use that because rune's a little softer. Or it's just, you yep. know, more accessible. Um so Carbonara's got what, like 170 HP or something, six store TP and a bunch of attacks. So that is an amazing overall. If you don't need accuracy, that's one of my go-tos for Dragoon, Blue, especially any Mythic job. Oh, for sure. And last night it was great because Fel goes, do you want Assault Ramen? I go, no, I don't want Assault Ramen for Odyssey. He goes, well, what would you use then on Blue? I go, a Grape Daifuku? Because I'm using Nagling and a TP bonus offhand, so I need the extra accuracy, but I also need yep. the attack. And he, he he was baffled. He goes, what? I'm blue? Because it's a pet food, but it's a pet yeah. and master food. So you get 80 accuracy and 80 attack, um, on which is the best combo of both foods pretty much you're going to carry around. I don't, I don't think... He's- He's also used to me being the the blue mage that that pulls most of the stuff too, because usually we have you do that. Um, and when I build blue, it's much different than spicy's blue. And I'm I'm like you're straight up heal. I'm like a heal bot basically. Like I'm just like straight healer all the time. I don't have like any kind of DPS setup, and that that's kind of what I add to the run that way. It's it's not the most efficient way to do it. It's it's to me it feels less dangerous than trying to like melee and stuff. But I like to play on the safer side of things generally. So how do I level scrub, or am I already one? Well, I mean, we miss support, and support is honestly just like tropical grapes. Um, sometimes my healer will use tropical grape, and my tank uses the same food as healer, mostly because I I don't really they're kind of the same job to me, honestly. I mean, um, a rune an evasion tank now, so having having like a salt ramen or something is not bad food. I mean, that's kind of hard to get, but at least potato papoto con queso is nice. Yeah. And I mean, we're not really describing a lot of these foods, but feel free to just search them because it, it would take forever if we talked about every single one of these foods in depth. Papoto um, like, queso was released last update. It's evasion, magic evasion, and uh, attack. So yeah, man, for like scrub job, like what are we talking about if I go Corsair to something? or I would think a, a Junglin Jubla, the HQ uh, acorn cookie would be up your alley. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe it. For all the good that I'm usually doing in a run, I've had one. Of like my... I've, I've a geared core. It's just I always feel like I'm doing a bad job when I'm on it. Uh, well, it's better than my core. I've had a, a junglin juba or whatever in my delivery box for the past six years. <laughs> just chilling. Yep, it was sent by Failris, who recently returned to the game. Hi, Fail. Oh, nice man. But is it signed? No, it's not. It's unfortunate. You can sign food, right? That sounds like a stupid question, but I've never really thought of it. Um, yes and no. I believe you can sign like a Humpty Dumpty effigy, or you used to be able to, but you can't sign normal food. That's unfortunate. I think. I'm, isn't, I'm that sure. what, isn't that what the, the pastry gun's for anyway? Pastry gun. So number two. All right. With the new method of RP farming for Odyssey, do you believe that this will have a secondary effect on lowering the price of other items besides Naomi? So what he's talking about here is um, in the Discord. What's that? Amplifier. Yeah, amplifiers for one. That's what he means by the new method of RP farming. There's like a, a method of using amplifiers and going through and uh, 
and being able to farm the most uh, the most RP out of Bumbo possible. But um, basically, Niami has been dropping in price a lot lately, and people have been it's been super available to everybody. I, I when I bought it, it was like one point eight mil a piece, and I think it dropped down to like one point four recently or something stupid. Might be even lower at this point. Yeah, it's incredibly low. Um, but the this is because everyone has only been fighting Bumba and not fighting the rest of them. Well, yeah, the other well, ones are still up to like close to max price to five point one still. They start at what six? Yeah, six point five. Yeah, I think. and so that's not too bad. Honestly, but. like the other ones are more interesting pieces of gear to me. Like, sure, Naomi's probably a great weapon skill set, and that's what most people will build it for. But there's four paths. Who knows what people will do, right? But the other pieces, they all add interesting things for slot. And uh, I'm actually really looking forward to the other price going down. So uh, the, with the new method of RP farming, yes, it will absolutely drop the price on Sakpata's gear because most people will just fight Kalunga and then go fight two tier ones and then fight Bumba at the end of the chain uh, to get the, the huge Bumba bonus. Um, they won't really mess around with a lot of the, uh, the more difficult tier threes. Um, I, can't, I can't even see someone like jumping in and being like, I'm going to fight Ongo. Because I mean, Ongo is just a pain in the ass. I mean, with how our Ongo went, I could see doing Ongo. Well, right, but I mean, looking at your normal group going in and not doing like weird ninja things because ninja's a lol job. Like, I, I don't know. Like, but basically, yeah, it'll drop Sakpatas. Maybe we'll get like some end guy things dropping or air body things. Maybe with uh, I could see air body maybe being a, a nice target for them with the whole uh, hover shot thing that's going around. But yeah, it will drop other ones. It just won't drop it as dramatically. The tier as, three pieces uh, are better, in my opinion. I think so too. Because yeah, I I could see the thrill of Naame because of the uses it has for all jobs and saving inventory and getting rid of dark matter gear and all this and that. And yeah, that's very shiny. But at the end of the day, Mapaka body is amazing. Mapaka head is amazing. Even the Mapaka legs for PDL is more amazing situationally. Gladys stuff, especially on Dragoon, uh, is more amazing in the right situation than... Actually, if, if you go back to what I was saying about Killer Instinct at the very beginning of all this, what a lot of people don't realize about the Impaka set is that it has, like, Killer Trait Plus on, like, every piece. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, ridiculous. So, yeah, you get your Impetus Monks doing stupid things with Killer Instinct, and that's basically the end guy strategy that we're going to run tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It should be a lot better. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Um, they're just the tier three pieces just seem great. Uh, honestly, the Naomi kind of suffers the same sort of thing that I saw with a lot of the weapons that they released for the tier threes and that it's just kind of a boring, uninspired set. It's unilateral. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's safe. All your jobs can do it. and You can kind of like make that dream piece of gear your job may not have had before, but it's not it's not tailored for a job. So you're not going to really see that much of a specialness out of it. You're just going to get that weapon skill piece. Like like you said, like you're going to get that dark matter replacement so that you can weapon skill and not die. But think of the pet pieces that are very underwhelming. Yeah. Hey, but at least people will uh, be able, able to access a lot more Sakpata and get, you know, some Sakpata RP. Um, that's actually pretty important for the heavy armor jobs, especially the headpiece. Which are the jobs people focus on, so, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to uh, lower the price of other items besides Nayame. I think if you want a Costa Badar or a Neo Animator, they will be dirt cheap which they already were not expensive in the first place, but I see they've gone down in price. They're like, what are they, like 500k now? But yeah. Just, Neo Animator is actually very nice. I was using it the day with you for CP. I, w- I would like to get RP on that. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but 
and, and it'll, no, it'll I, make sense for now. Sorry to cut you off because Corsa <laughs> Badar, Neo, I mean, not animator, but Corsa Badar is definitely one you want to cap out for a lot of jobs. So it makes sense to do tier ones for now. But once people cap, do you really want to waste your time just trying to boost a Bumba and nothing else? I'm, I know it's good to do, but there's a lot of other pieces you could be RPing that, frankly, I'd rather RP. Well, it's so that people can put that they're um, R- R20 uh, Naomi in the shouts now. Oh, boy. But think about it because. You already have weapon skill gear that's pumping out good numbers. So wouldn't you want to focus on other pieces of gear, like just to create certain builds, like Mapaka counter on the body, and just those kinds of things going on? Regain on Gladys and stuff is nice for idling. Not that you need RP for that, but just in general, wouldn't you rather focus on those pieces for jobs than than you know Nayame kind of replacing pieces? That's just the way I think about it. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at strictly heavy armor jobs, I actually think the Sekpada set is infinitely better. It's it just comes with everything a, a growing DD needs. Like it has your multi attack, growing DD on one thing, and yeah, man, like because it's it's fairly accessible once you can get a group to get you through it, um, and it, it gives you like physical damage limit in in droves for jobs that you generally won't have a hard time hitting it, and then uh, it gives you magic evasion, accuracy, multi attack, and and it's kind of low on the haste end, and and you know even the HP end compared to some pieces. But it, it's just all around solid. It doesn't really have true weaknesses. And all of the augments on there just make it better as you grow with it. So, I mean, why not use this piece? Just be mindful of your overall TP set, I guess. You know what's also part of a healthy growing DD? What's that? Number three here. The incredible edible <laughs> egg. The last part of the email here, number three. He always sends three. The Incredible Edible Egg has long been a staple of the American breakfast. I can't speak for our Canadian brethren to the north or our cousins in the EU, but do you distinguished gentlemen believe that a traditional American breakfast, eggs, toast, bacon, slash sausage, and hash browns, is healthier or less healthy than a traditional English breakfast, of which he does not list, so we had to look up English breakfast because we are not English. And boy, did we go on a journey with this one. Oh, yeah, yes. Apparently there's a movie called Full English Breakfast. It's, you know, we had... <laughs> there, There is... <laughs> Do you want to describe this, Fox, the site? Oh, hold on, first, first, should I read what an English breakfast is before we go down this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's see what we arrived at as the traditional English breakfast. And I'm sure, you know, someone from, uh, from the UK will, will, uh, will correct us on this. Well, let me just call up uh, Nigel Longbottoms here and, uh, you know... <laughs> For ingredients, you got four pork sausage, six strips of back bacon, four eggs, one tomato, two cups of mushrooms, one can of baked beans, 200 grams of black pudding, tea or coffee, fresh orange juice, six pieces of sliced bread, a selection of newspapers. And I kid you not, selection of newspapers is in the ingredients list. Man, I wish that I could sit down and be like, you know what? I'm going to make my breakfast a fucking event because that's what this sounds like. It sounds like an event. But yeah, we found the English breakfast society dot com where we have where we kind of like went through not only that, but also some blog posts and stuff to try to find the ideal English breakfast. And this is this is what we've arrived. This at. is our pre-show. Yeah, this is our this was our pre-show is a majority or majorly just trying to figure out what this really was there's variations you know there's the welsh with the lavar cakes or breads i've never freaking seen they look like little tiny blackened moldy thing whatever they are sorry welsh it's kind of weird 
Look, I got hung up on the baked beans thing. Um, and and like <laughs> when, when we looked at the one picture, like I said, like half of it looked like breakfast and the other half looked like it was it was from a barbecue. Like I, I didn't really get how it was like a breakfast overall. But yeah, we found the uh, the English Breakfast Society and dot um, com. Yeah, tell, tell everyone this what is, it is. This is a website devoted to the English breakfast. And I, I'm here on like basically what, what's their mission page, uh, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read some excerpts for you because it was it was very interesting. I don't care if we ever get to the episode uh, or not. Now this is great. Oh yeah, man. So what is the English Breakfast Society? The English Breakfast Society, the EBS, is a learned society of fellows EBS. dedicated to the tradition and heritage of the English breakfast. We are a nonprofit organization staffed by volunteer English breakfast enthusiasts and completely independent of the retail and farming industries. This is not a paid for advertisement either. And also <laughs> why was their society founded? Our chairman cares about a centuries old tradition, one that he saw falling into a decline nationally and suffering from poor standards in preparation and ingredients. He felt that the tradition is one worth saving and he works to restore the tradition of the English breakfast back to its former glory. Like this guy is a true hero for breakfast. This guy has to be sixty years old, and he's just living <laughs> yeah. as like like when he when this has selection of newspapers at the end as if it's an actual ingredient. I just picture and what is there supposed to be one of those nice radio sets, you know, one of those old fashioned World War II radio sets, while your wife is quietly dusting in the background while you eat your breakfast with a a pipe or something. What what is this? I yeah, mean, it sounds super quaint like that. But that, that whole mission statement and purpose here, a, a lack of standardization or preparation of the in, poor ingredients, as if he knows what everyone's <laughs> cooking with in their house, you know, that is the most British thing I've ever heard. Well, I say, there is quite a lack of standardization. We should have a firm set of rules of these breakfasts, I do say. What is that? With that said, um, this is I would why say America left. The English breakfast certainly has more fiber in it. I don't know about those baked beans because I could see some frijoles negros or something, but not no, baked well, beans. They also have the cabbage, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, the cabbage. And that cabbage, that cabbage will clean you out. But they don't include cabbage in this. And if the English Breakfast Society does not include cabbage, it is a variation and it is against their mission. Oh, that's right. That was from the bastard breakfast we found before this. Yes, yes, <laughs> the bastard breakfast. So, what do I think is more healthy? Uh, I mean. I'm seeing fried bread as a thing, which Fox just said, is that not just toast? But I, I don't know. It sounds different. It sounds similar. Well, I mean, I've, I've fried bread before. And I mean, that's similar to like your, your steps on going to like make the eggs in a basket like we discussed in. It's eggy in a basket. On the call when we did the last Odyssey run. But uh, yeah, eggy in the basket, right? I had to explain so, that I, mean, I think that's what caused this. You're frying bread in that situation. Like when I think of fried bread, it's like you're trying to make a toasted cheese, but you failed at all of the ingredients. So you're British. Basically, yeah. Um, alternately, I also just use a toaster, but I guess the difference is like the timing and putting your butter on it. Uh, you know, you're not going to get the same result if you're doing a toaster as you will in a pan. Yeah, I guess it's different. Um, 
I'm going to say because the tea has antioxidants and it's a requirement <laughs> of the English breakfast that I would say that the English breakfast is automatically healthier. Well, you're missing the most important thing, Fox. I think the English breakfast is healthier because a selection of newspapers is very healthy for your understanding of the world and at least to find, you know, a bit of peace or what something, a- you know. I think the newspapers is the healthiest part because mental health is also part of a breakfast. More holistic view. Yeah, man. I mean, I would. Seems good. I'd prefer my breakfast. I made some banging ass Belgian waffles the other day, and I decided when I was making those, they were so good. I go, you know what, honey, we're gonna have waffles at the wedding, and I'm gonna. She goes, what? How's that? And I go, I'm gonna make a big thing of waffle batter the night before. I'm gonna put it in the car, and I'm gonna drive it over, and I'm gonna get an extension cord, and I'm gonna run it out to the waffle maker and put it at the table. I'm gonna make some banging ass Belgian waffles, and everyone can eat them, or they can go home. So I guess that means you also have to pick up some KFC and some syrup, right? Oh, yeah. He put chicken in a while. I'm not – or crepes. Crepes. You know, I'm not – I like crepes a lot. Oh, crepes are good. I, yeah. I, I make crepes as well. I, I prefer waffles because they're easier. But, um, yeah, well, I, I don't do – chicken like, and waffles is a no for me. Do you like sweet crepes or savory crepes better? I do both. I'll even turn right, them right. into a blitz if I'm getting fancy. I'll do some nice, um, you know – mushrooms because the mushrooms are not optional according to an english breakfast either so (laughs) i get the mushrooms with some butter maybe some some rosemary or something and some garlic and then i'll you know i'll make the savory crepe and then i'll put that in with some feta cheese or something and then you know you the blends is just the crepe sealed up so it's like a a baby burrito i guess and then you put it back in the pan to then in some butter again of course because we, what about the French breakfast here? We got to end this segment because it's way too long. But what about the French breakfast? <laughs> I think that's just heart disease. Wait, what, what was the French breakfast? You did like some pre-show, some pre-show gambit on me here, where you. I I don't know. I just I said what about? It's a what aboutism. I don't know what the French breakfast entails. I thought it was just coffee and a cigarette. Well, man. Oh man, old me would have found that so delicious though. <laughs> Sitting outside, listening to some person with an organ grinder and a monkey or a sad accordion on a cafe in a, a World War II era. You know, kind of rickety chair, watching cars go by as people. You know, that's the French oh, man. Breakfast. I I used to start every day with a cigarette and a coffee, man, and it was magical. Also, don't smoke, kids. Okay, so I will save the tangent uh, of one other segment. I'm not going to do it. We'll do it next time because why not include it next okay. time? Uh, so do we want to <laughs> still the English breakfast, man. Selection of newspapers. Oh, they're so fucking full of themselves. And I'm sure, yeah, yeah there's, gonna, there's a there's a chairman for this too. So it's the a, chairman, the chairman. He's, he's of got the, this. Oh boy. So we're gonna talk about progression then. Yes. So and well, I I just want to start by saying this is about your your character's progression and therefore your progression in experiencing the game. It will involve gear, right? But it's not just about gear at the end of the day. So just kind of keep that in mind, I suppose. I had a I had a section because I wrote this time it was my turn. I've been coasting for too long. I wrote the outline. Ooh. It's true. And I'm not proud of it. It's not a Funker Fox quality outline, but I do somehow spend more time in it because I guess I am the slow kid with the crayon trying to write his name on the paper. Well, I mean it's it's a it's a notepad that I was able to open, which is good. And there are words that add up to points that need to be made. So I mean it seems like it's an outline. So do we want to start off in order here and do non-progression, or should I talk about how progression is individual to people? No, let's go with non-progression. Uh, what do you have first? Well, so it's the very basic stuff. That's not progression. It's what you do as a person who's fresh to the game, because right now there is a free campaign going on, which means 
besides from the shouts and yells being more cancerous than usual. Yeah. Oh, man. The yells of Vanadil channel in the Discord is getting a lot of attention right now from a lot of screenshots of people posting the yells that are going on. And it is, it is not a pretty sight. So stay out of town, kids. Yeah, you know, oh, you, you obviously you spell, you sell, you spell. I can't spell. You sell sparks once a week. Sally sells sparks down by the seashore. Right? That's, I thought that too immediately. And that is the first point here because everyone knows it, everyone says it, and it has to be said. Otherwise, it would be like, why didn't you guys mention sparks? Great. All spark items cost the same. It's a ratio. The amount of spark is the same as the amount of gill. Doesn't matter what you buy, just buy it and sell it. Obviously, you'll figure out what you can do faster. There you go. But not progression here. The next thing, often said, but not emphasized enough for the reasons why, besides Geo and Rune, and that is not the reason, in my opinion, why you do this, is coalitions. You may not want them now, but it's time-gated, so you're going to want them later, so do them now. And they're more rewarding for a new player than later on when they mean nothing to you because you don't need bail anymore because you, you know, you're not a Rune or Geo yet. Yeah. Um, as far as coalitions go, I would say... A lot of the value from that comes in also being tied to the Maw Garden, which I guess is the next point, so I won't talk too much on that one. But also just getting your reward ring, like, plus one, and, like, getting access to something like Ignis, like, just getting that as soon as possible would really help a new player. Because the, the selection of White Mage Trust is pretty awful. and Very awful. Yeah, That's why and, you and have that to ring, choose a White Mage Coalition when you first start. Yeah. And that that ring provides just a, a ton of uh, variety, like as far as as you researching your your build and stuff. And yeah, sure, you might like blitz through the missions and get the NQ ring, and you might just like knee jerk pick one because you think it's best. But after you've like let this game marinate for six months, and you figure out later that you then get to get a plus one ring, you can choose to get a different one then, and you might have reevaluated your build by then. So that's actually pretty sweet too. I actually reevaluated my build today. Mostly because of recently when we're doing this uh, evasion pulling or when I'm doing Omen, I can't use or I shouldn't be using my Carmen legs, which I've always used for... Oh, you can those have gotten me killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can cap DT without them, but now you're on a job where you're trying to solo cap evasion against certain targets, and you do not want to take those off because, one, you have a lot of things hitting you, the DT matters, because when you're doing evasion builds, you don't get that extra DT anymore. So I want to actually change my ring to a Schnetic ring because... When I picked Karaya plus one, there was another regain gear. Now there's Gluttys, and I mean, you're you're getting... I mean, the regain's nice to try and win the parse in in, in Ambuscade or something, because you got to leg up on someone for some extra regain. But the Karaya oh. ring, the, the when I picked it and said it was the best, and for many years I stick with that, it is nice for the extra 10 accuracy on a weapon skill damage ring, but now with the Empamodia or whatever, Empamodia, the ring from... A Montrove that costs a lot. If you can get that, you can pretty much replace that ring. Yes, the plus one ring would be marginally better in the slot for certain weapon skills. Yes, you don't even use it at all for other weapon skills. But Schnetic ring right now would be so much more valuable for me being able to run faster with having evasion sets and different DT sets on. And frankly, a better set in general and all jobs because now that I'm on pup. People were asking, too, in the Discord, what movement speed can Warrior wear? And they're like, Hermes sandals. And it's oh, like, man, ooh, yeah. uh, you don't want to run around in those. That's just bad. So, yeah, even, even the 18% movement speeds for, like, uh, Beastmaster and Dancer are pretty terrible because that's, like, your Scotty's uh, Jambo plus one. And those aren't even item level. 
Yeah, and now that you don't need a ring to cap DT like you used to with defending ring and stuff, and I mean, it's it's a great slot to do it, but it's not crucial in my builds. I've actually been taking my DT and the ring down from defending to Moonlight on Rune, for example, because of the other DT gear coming out. So the game has changed in all these years now that I would want... I first started with Weatherspoon, then I went to Karaya, and now I want to actually go to Schnetic because the gear combinations in this game have made it from a joke of a ring to me to... Well, it's not it's not the Gurney ring. It's not TH ring. That's that's the worst. Yeah. But but well, yeah. it's um, it, that's actually one of the most sensible reasonings I've ever heard about wanting to pick uh, the Shenik ring because most of the time people just say they want to run fast and call it a day. Um, but with this, you just basically get to optimize your set around also needing movement speed for a critical thing that you're performing on the daily. You know, so it actually makes sense to change your ring into this. I, for one, can never get rid of the Weatherspoon plus one ring because I am at heart a mage. I almost always play mage-related things, and it just is too much of a bonus to a lot of my jobs, especially with that light damage. Okay, um, if I was a ranger, I would have to go back to yeah. that. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's it's pretty rough to switch off that. Even there's though I never no if and or but about that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super strong uh, affinity bonus. Um, it's just a straight multiplier, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, the argument for genetic ring, especially for, for what you described, though, is probably better than it ever has been before, um, given the kinds of gear we have access to. Like, we don't want to take up your foot slot or your leg slot where you get these really powerful upgrades from this tier three, tier four gear from Odyssey. Um, we would rather throw away, you know, like a ring slot on something like this effect because ring slots are very low impact. Yeah, and... You know, what's funny about that, even though it's not a derailing of the reason why you do coalitions, because the plus one rings <laughs> are nice, and Yagnus is great, especially. I use Yagnus constantly. Yagnus was the reason I was able to comfortably use Sylvie, because using... I had Sylvie before, because I think it's the I best do. coalition, but I was stuck with things like Kupipi or something, and that's just... That's kind of rough. Millie, Amphil, whatever the hell, the, the, the Serpent General. I mean, it, it's just really kind of rough. With the Scrubbing Bubbles. Scrubbing bubbles. Scrubbing bubbles weapons go makes a mess killed. of the situation, so you don't have to. That's right. Yeah. So, Yagnus was great, and Yagnus is also amazing because when you pair him with RCL, you get an extra three attack auto refresh on top of refresh from the Moogle and on top of refresh from the spell and everything else. So, that is absolutely amazing as any sort of mage in this game. Yeah. So, what's the real reason? Like, why, why but, does the new person have? But yes, so besides being time-gated content, if you did it constantly, it would take about nine months to do. So you don't want that to be hanging over you. But yes, you do want it for the ring and to get Yagnus, as stated. But also just, I mean, talking about the ring there, that is pure progression. It's not always about going from new to endgame. Progression never stops. So, I mean, there's also CP bonuses and stuff from doing the ROE objectives for Pioneers. So at the very least, I put here, you want to do all the couriers because you get some free bails at the start. You get some XP. You can level up your sub jobs this way. If you really wanted to be super lazy and gimp, you could get XP on certain subs. I did that because I wasn't going to touch them, but I wanted to raise them. <laughs> and I, I, I will, it was only a couple. I, I, I like to actually play them. I don't like to do that, but. Yeah, it's actually kind of like an unseen bonus to get some amount of bail because you randomly need to use it all the time in Andalin, but you never really think about it until you don't have it, I suppose. Um, I remember first coming back to the game being like, I do not want to spend bail on anything. Like, what is this currency? And then I, I did the coalitions and stuff, and I was swimming in it, never had to worry about it. Yeah, and you so. can buy HP bail, which is worth money. So it's not all lost yeah. there. So 
at least all the couriers and all of the pioneers sans the procuring bullshit because no one wants to go and get like five Akuex poison. You can do it. I, I frankly, as a change of pace, I don't mind going out to an, especially as a new player where it's, you know, not a boring task because the stuff there is still somewhat of a challenge and you get points, you know, stuff like that. I mean, to, to be in an area that's not like walking through a starter zone when you get to a certain point in the game, it's, it's kind of nice. But yeah, the two point, the two percent CP bonuses for all characters, all jobs, whatever the hell I'm trying to say here, uh, in the records of eminence, every time you do two in a zone, there's usually two up period. But I think it's 15 minutes to respawn if uh, one of them is down. So like you go to Doe Gates when you're trying to go to Apex, people kill that one. So one will usually be up on the far side, but you'll have to wait for that or get lucky and it'll be there. But usually that one's down. But and definitely, definitely keep in mind uh, the CP bonus thing because that's a a common theme across a lot of the um, the story related or even reeve related missions, you know that sort of thing. Um, just keep an eye out for those when when you're looking through your uh, your ROEs or your your raps or records of eminence stuff, because completing those is a permanent bonus. So that's that's kind of what he's talking about there. Yeah. So just type capacity points into BG, and there's a whole list of all the bonuses there and all the ROEs and everything. But that's part of them. And also, the as a new player, especially, the quests, not only are they somewhat especially enjoyable in Adeline, I enjoyed it. They're actually little storylines for some of them. They actually do result in good items, too, depending on the job. So if, you, yeah. if you're someone who's just playing for the story, that's, that's perfect level progression right there before you even start worrying about what your character's wearing. Because, I mean, if you're brand new to the game, some of the fights in those, you're going to have some trouble with depending on your job. But otherwise... And just more incentive to team up and some other stuff we'll probably touch on later too. Like the Mod Garden. You're up, Fox. Boy, so the Mod Garden. Of course, you picked me for the one that I, I never actually do myself. Oh, why not? Um, but yeah, the well, I'll kind of get to that. But the Mod Garden, you have it on here that it's free gill and it takes time to rank up. So your incentive to do it is to just kind of let it rank up over time. Just, just, just do it because it's just clicking on stuff. And as it clicks, as you click on stuff, you're just going to be able to either NPC or even craft with whatever it gives you. Um, so it may seem like monotonous tasks, but you only have to do them once a day. And it's really just a positive gain for you, period. And eventually it opens up what's called monster rearing once you get to a certain level of it. And then monster rearing is this other thing you can do where you can raise creatures and I mercilessly killed, put them down in, in as horrific a way as possible because I did not care. But the reason you should care is because it gives you just basically free bonuses that, that are really good for your trusts, honestly. Um, the, the more power you can give your trusts, especially as a new player, the easier it'll be for you to adapt to content that maybe you have to solo or low man. And um, aside from just being free stuff, monster rearing allows you to you know get those boosts for basically nothing. Yeah, I have the behemoth one. First, I wanted behemoth hides for leveling crafting. But uh, that's also, it was like a 7 or it was like a 9% depending on the one CP bonus. But I have the Cactus one, which is like 3 a tick regen and refresh to my trust, which is once again huge, and 2% movement speed to me, because fuck yeah, 2% movement speed, I still, I want to run faster, I don't care. It was, I think it could be 1% movement speed, I still take it. That's fair. And speaking of putting yeah. down Fox, props to Screwball for yelling yesterday that I should be put down like old yeller. I like that one, that was good. Well, that came out of the blue, but okay. Well, when you said put down the mom, I'm like, ah, yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I used to uh, I used to make fun of certain people because, like, they absolutely loved their uh, their monster rearing and stuff. Certain they, they people. loved their little critters. 
yeah, certain people, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, I would just say, oh, yeah, well, I, I just killed it in cold blood and moved on to the next mob. I'm not a completionist, so I didn't do all of them. I did ones that were like important and gave me certain items. So in the one to one nineteen, there's a few things in there. Like if you have crafting, there's a crafting campaign right now. If you don't, because even sub crafting will get you there. Uh, making dark steel ingots or other random items from the the mining uh, area you get there is pretty useful. The mining one stands out to me. You could also, if you really wanted to spend time running into Gugskin mines, you could sell worm mulch for a few hundred k. But there, there's NPCing stuff, especially. Is, is good in there. It adds up over time. But um, getting... I should go back through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but raising some of the monsters for certain items that people need, like behemoth hides, and sometimes people would put them on the auction house, sometimes they're not. So if you're a new player and need passive gill, it's not a lot of gill, but if you can make 30k off of a... maybe 20k off of one stack of just buying from the mod garden because you unlock the monster people didn't unlock when they need it and throwing it on the auction house of beastman blood or uh, behemoth hide those two stand out maybe wyvern scales another one depending on which one you raise those higher ones for the scales and behemoths and stuff they take longer it can take literally you know real weeks to get that yeah so that's why you do it it's time game i'm access to it though yeah just get past all the time gated stuff um i was really for the people who know me, I was really lazy when it came to the dueling completion stuff, like the coalitions and the Mog Garden, and I paid for it later because it took me much longer than it should have because I tried to be lazy about it. Um, with Monster Rearing, I got mine to rank 7 and then Moonwalk the fuck out of there. But now I'm thinking, well, any time that one of these campaigns comes around, which again is something new people should pay attention to because it increased your ability to solo stuff, I could have even more powerful trusts than even the campaign is buffing them to be. Like, uh, just what you have written here with the 2% movement speed, I don't care about 2% movement speed, but I certainly would care about a 3-a-tick refresh to the my mage trusts because that's keeping you alive. And there are other ways to provide even more refresh. And basically, if their MP battery doesn't run out, then Olmia does not sing you shitty songs. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I just thought about not dying when I have a trust carrying me and not having MP because it ran out or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, start simple. Like, not die is great. But then also the frustration <laughs> of getting terrible buffs, not too. Die. Is, sometimes you you wish you're dead when you get terrible buffs. So, I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty dark. It's taking me forever to kill this. And, yes, the cactus took me a long time of when you feed it. It has to, like, squirm uncontrollably. You zone out and zone back in or whatever. It'll, it'll rank up. A lot of time, I would just feed it the... Because you get sometimes the cactus needed like a uh, a sunflower seed or something, and that was not an easy item to get. You had to like, I forget what it was. It was either like choke up. It was something ridiculous. It, it was it was not an easy. It was a, it was it was an annoying task to get. So having to feed it to them and we like it took like two weeks for it to to finally evolve. So if you, if you have a monster that's not evolving, it's not always you. It's just sometimes it has a chance to evolve and doesn't. The campaign also helps with that. What the fucking vanity is a mod garden? So intermediate ROE objectives were mentioned before, and they're already mentioned by everyone else. If you type mm -hmm. them into BG, there's a guide for them. They're a one-time thing, though. It's very helpful. But since it's a one-time thing, not covering it. Again, you read the guide, that's it. Move on. And if you don't need to use it because it gives you coupons as a reward for a lot of these things, just stash the coupons away because you never know if you're going to dabble in another job. You may say you're not going to, but that doesn't mean that'll be the case. Um, so just store those if you don't need to use them. Uh, because you, you'll be surprised what jobs... There are some jobs where, where some of those um, like Alluvian skirmish things are incredibly important. Just being able to pick it up is a huge benefit. So just because your job doesn't use it doesn't mean 
that you should, you know, just throw it on the ground or something the, or turn it into a copper voucher. Just wait, sit on it. The coupons are the reward item for that that gives you various things you trade in for that he just mentioned. But yeah, that's what the coupon is. Yeah. So what's the next one? Uh, well, you got to do the deeds, whatever you can. So apparently we're supposed to type deeds, in, deeds into BG. Yes. <laughs> every month so, you get four objectives, do them every month because it's another time-gated content for an amazing trust. It takes one whole year of doing every four of them every month. But it also will start giving you things as you get closer to that year mark too. Like you don't have to just like wait a year to get a great trust. You also will get those same kind of coupons for like the intermediate, but you'll get like the plus two versions of your your JS your job specific armor. Um, you'll get uh, plus two relic. Yeah, like plus two relic, which can save you definitely save you some guild because those automatically cost at least a million guild each on top of anything else you, you may need to buy or try to farm. There are at least a few mil because you have to trade in three of the delve item, which is usually several under K before you even talk about the papers that can be, you know, cheap or whatever. But it's the like maybe it is a mil if it's a really crappy item, but usually it's several mil. Yeah, it's also free copy dial keys. Um, it's also free uh, orbs to use during events and. But for those that won't understand what an orb is, um, eventually you'll unlock the ability to um, basically enter a battlefield. The Amontrove. events. Yeah, Amontrove is one of them. You can get Mars or Venus orbs. It's the most notable one nowadays. Um, but you can even get what's called moon orbs, and you can try to do the Kraken Club BCNM, and Kraken Clubs are, are very, very expensive. That's level 60. So, I like doing it on Pup because it's so easy win. <laughs> and I don't have level yeah. 60 gear, so I don't want it to be hard because I don't have level 60 stuff anymore. Going as a naked black mage in toil for four minutes. Yeah. Well, it takes about that long for Pup, too. So maybe longer. Yeah, but Deeds of Heroism is it's free stuff. Nothing in it is is truly challenging. Um, even in situations where it's like, oh no, it says I have to do a high tier battlefield, you can do that on very easy. So it at least acclimates you to that battlefield. It's already a story mission you may have done before. And honestly, I think they're more fun when it's the higher level versions. So you at least get to play some content for something that's that's fairly easy to get, and you just stay on top of it, and you just get these great rewards. Um, eventually, you go past uh, the Monboro Trust, which is the uh, the Alchemist Healer, and you get uh, really cool benefits like being able to uh, raise your uh, Merit Weapon Skill access. I think I'm um, close I, to I, that. I'm completely done with it. I'm in like the special like addendum section that SE released. I did not miss a beat, and I don't regret it at all. Like you should absolutely do your deeds. I ignored it when it came out because I'm like, I don't care about keys and pulse and this and that. I don't need that, so I didn't do it. <laughs> and now you can't ignore this content any longer. Oh snap! Oh. I I think it's interesting because usually we don't have to talk or assume people don't know what we're talking about. If they don't, it's like okay, go find out. But this time it's actually something that's supposed to be tailored for people who might need to have explanation. Yeah, uh, coupons and vouchers are huge, and they they save you a lot of time. So, um, just look at what the the reward chain is. Um, get get used to searching things on BG because a lot of times you can actually see like what the next mission is or, or so forth and so on. Like you see the chain of stuff, and it also helps you get used to looking stuff up and being able to figure out what you need to do next. And not just uh, typing into Google and being confused. Yeah, yeah, it, it helps you as a player progress through this game because you need to know. Like this is under not progression. But you as a player need to learn how to be able to search for things. It'll make you so much more successful later. It's really frustrating when you can't find an answer to something, especially something basic that you get hung up on. And, and you know, Googling doesn't always help. Because sometimes if, if you go to the wiki and it's there, it's great. But if you Google something abstract and you get this, like, auction house thread from 2009 or something that's not relevant and you don't have any answers, you just kind of get, you know, 
annoyed. So being able to find the information is actually very important. Yeah, for sure. So yes, complete your ROV missions as soon as possible. Complete other missions oh, later for CP just, bonus. That was just ROV. I always mix up ROV and ROE because they're kind of hand in hand. Records of Eminence versus Rhapsodies of Vanadio, Fox. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know the difference, but it's just that they're really hand in hand, though, because you complete ROEs while you're doing ROVs, and it's, you know, the whole RO thing. And there's even just the the similar sounding. Is it Plague? It, it's It's got to be Plague, man. Like, it's a Plague effect. It, it lands all the time. It's losing TP and MP. Basically. What's happening? So yeah, ROE, which is probably more of what I was talking about. Yes, we switched up to RO. No, ROV was just that one line. See, I I can't even read in a straight line, apparently. But yeah, ROV is the the quote-unquote endgame missions that uh, SE put out for us. It kind of makes you dabble. It's not hard at all. Like they just make you go and like check off like sections of like story quests and stuff that you are way too over leveled to do. Um, you don't have to do them the fun way, which is doing them at level appropriate. Um, you can just roll them if you want to. There's no excuse not to do them. But completing the ROV portion of it, the Rhapsody of Anadil portion of it, is really good because it gives you hella CP bonuses and then um, access to a decent trust, which is uh, Aroa two and the Curio Moogle. Curio Moogle, yeah. It gives you access to all sorts of things. Uh, access to just be able to do Omen or just get into Ryzen Jima or Esha. It's yeah. a prerequisite for a lot of things, um, so it's important to do those as soon as possible instead of trying to do other stuff. Just get that done first. The last yeah, fight even, you can even just, help you. Even just unlocking all your trust slots. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't get to summon a full party by yourself until then. Yeah. Until later, anyway. I'm sure people can figure that one out. That's why it's under not progression. So ROE helps with stuff. For example, uh, the achievement section under job levels will grant skill up books, Abyssia seals, REM, REM chapters, tales. And if it's like you're doing Rune Fencer, you get Crusade, which saves you 140k. If you just level Rune to 70 or 99, I think 99, it gives you the Crusade scroll for free, which you only from the NPC generally, I think. Maybe, maybe it comes from Skirmish, but no one does it. So, but it's. You know, I gotta buy it from the NPC otherwise. So that's free money. Yeah, just pay attention to what these things give you, and just know that you might be able to skip some steps if you if you just do this instead of just try to buy shit off the auction house. Let's see if we can go not too deep in this one, but we know we're gonna do it, Fox. Oh boy! So I wrote here. I think blue is the best shot for early players and ones running through trying to take things down and story missions and stuff. And I completely agree with you. Um, I think blue is the uh, the best job for for new players. It'll also get you familiarized with all of the um, mobs, the different mobs. Yeah, because you have to learn your spells from the mobs. You have to stay on top of your skill in order to do it. Which means when you get to ninety nine, you shouldn't be useless once you get there. Like most people are who just burn themselves up. Like you'll actually have skills, and you'll you'll actually have like play experience if you go out and and just get all of your spells or at least all the useful ones there's a lot of different trains of thought on that but there are lists online you can go find spite you might even say that spicy wrote a guide on it who knows but uh um, they don't read mine they read the auction house one because it's accessible oh yeah the uh what is that the beast within yes i i keep meaning to work on mine more i've been upgrading little parts here and there of it, but i still need to make it better just like when this whole episode is done it's going to be obvious how i need to take what we're talking about here and reapply the later sections we haven't gotten into into the 1 to 119 because when I was making this it was almost like how this needs to be 1 to 119 version 2 by the time we're done with it but right I will I will get to that anyway I mean you, you put a lot of good jobs on here too though like uh Dragoon Monk and Beastmaster um even your mom 
Uh, they're all <laughs> that's actually on here. <laughs> Beast or your mom are also more than the, fun. The, the amount of ridiculous things we have like written down on here sometimes that we don't actually share with you guys is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, I actually left one off because I want to talk about it, and that's Dancer. Um, if you're not going to pick Blue Mage, I think Dancer is probably one of the best shots in the game. That's my, was my plan B, I wrote. Oh, yeah. And what's mine? And mine would be Dancer, if not the default being Dancer. Like, Blue Mage is correct because I know that there's a lot of like story missions where having access to Sleepka and, and things and still being on a hardy job that can take some hits um, is important. But uh, Dancer is a self-contained beast like it is it is it runs it is a fast. very strong job it runs fast you can cure yourself um, you can switch modes on the fly uh climactic flourish is probably one of the most powerful job abilities in the game like right up there with killer instinct like it's just uh it's just a, a really it's just a really solid ridiculous job that um is very self-sufficient so it'll help a lot of new players out here's a surprise segment fox even though it's not a segment um so Dancer gets Sneak and Invisit 25 or whatever with uh, Spectral, uh, whatever the hell it is, Jig, Spectral Jig. Yeah, yeah. And someone in the Reddit Discord today was upset at the 1 to 119 guide because they said, it says the Sneak and Invis, but that's not accessible from the Moogle yet, from the Curio Moogle, as in Prisms, uh, Silence and Prisms, as if you can't buy onto the auction house. And it won't be accessible for the whole guide, as if like it was my fault that they don't understand what Sneak and Invis is and that I didn't specifically say that you can't buy something yet that you can't buy yeah the, the problem is is that as players who have like been doing this for a while like we're used to prison powders and silent oils being extremely mandatory at all times um now people kind of get to slack on that a bit now that there's a lot more easy ways to get around there's mounts you know stuff like that but you still need them so a lot of times we'll just call sneak and viz like prison powder silent oil it's just something we're used to um, but yeah, like that person doesn't need to nitpick that. I mean, they could just wander right over the auction house where they probably bought their SU five weapon too early and, uh, you know, just <laughs> pick up a stack of prison powder oils for probably less than the curio removal sells them for. Yes. Yes. It would probably be cheaper. I think I'm wearing off onto you, Fox, the way you're talking now. Oh no, I'm, I'm just, I, I just usually do that. I just, I don't know. I've been interacting with a lot of people and, and that I don't really care to interact with, but man. It just it just comes out in me when I just get annoyed by things. Is it the free campaign? It's got to be the free campaign, man. It brings out the dark side in us uh, veteran players. I already came to the dark side a long time ago. So yes, um, I mean on the unlocking Adeline page, I specifically have all these little fancy icons and maps that I built into that page, and it includes icons for prison powders and silent oils. So if someone knew how to get to Adeline and read that page, there should be no reason they don't understand by now that that's also sneak and invis. But anyway, uh, I also put here that later on, Red Mage grants you more of an ability to get serious on things, but that's some top-end investment. Yeah, and, and that's kind of why I skipped it, too. It's not bad like, early on, either, but it's just not... I don't know if I would want to do that as my first thing early on. That's exactly right. Like, a Red Mage should be on your radar as far as, like, being able to fit into things because it provides a lot of really powerful effects. Uh, even when you first start out, just having access to DF3 helps groups quite a bit. You can heal, you can haste and refresh. Haste 2 even, which is an incredibly powerful spell, um, very desirable for groups. But you don't want to just be the bare minimum because, like I've said on other podcasts, when you have a red mage that is excellent, then you are, are, are one of the pillars of your group, honestly, and you're playing your job properly. So taking up red mage is like maybe a secondary job choice or something. Just kind of like gear it on the side. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it does require a lot of investment, though, so I just wouldn't pick that first. But, but you're right. Like, keep it in mind, though. 
keep the red mage in mind. I still think, though, even though I think blue is the best job, I think being able to run around as dancer really fast would save a lot of time early on. Although you don't get it till 50, so I mean, it doesn't really. It was like 50 or 55 for Chocobo Jig, but it's up there. But still, not that high. Yeah, I mean, you don't need Chocobo Jig 2 either. It's because you get like two tiers of it. So I think you actually get Chocobo Jig. No, you Jig don't get it. Jig 2 is AoE. Yeah, yeah. Jig 2 is AoE. You, you don't get it as sub job because you only get Spectral as sub job. So yeah, it's got to be above 49. I know it's 50 or 55. I remember from campaign yeah. back in the day. Which is, but it's not a tall order like if that's 15 years ago. Though. Yeah. So I, you'll get it. it. It's actually really helpful for, for dungeons specifically. Like you'll, be, you'll have to run through areas where you can't call out a mount. Uh, you should get your mount quest, by the way, when you're level 20, like immediately. Um, it'll save you a lot of time. But there are some places you can't call those out. Dancer is one of the few jobs that gets a, a long duration uh, movement speed plus along with Corsair. Um, it's, it's really nice to have. And Bard, Bard can do it too. I'm not going to count Thief because the, like, the 30 to 60 seconds of Flea is not good enough most of the time. 30 to 45 or whatever. Or 45, yeah. I probably, I most likely have the duration wrong. It's the feet. The AF feet gives you extra. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, it has like a long enough recast to where it's not reliable enough to matter. So I don't really lump it in with the same movement speed bonuses that like Dancer, Bard, and, uh, and Corsair provide. So the last not progression thing here before, after pretty much an hour and a half getting into the actual progression, the real content... Well, we about the English breakfast, though, dude. Uh, yeah, it's it's very important, man. They have a society. We live in a society, Fox. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to exchange your copper vouchers for currencies you need, like obsidian fragments, but don't exchange them for dumb things. Like, I mean, I don't think conquest points are dumb, but, you know, there's some things in there that you don't need to exchange them for that people do, like... Uh, accolades. Uh, I, was, I was thinking accolades, but I didn't want to jump right into it and say it, because you get accolades. It's only like an emergency you'd use them for accolades. Sparks. Yeah, don't use them for sparks. You can only spend a mil a week, and you're going to waste them. Never, 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 never trade your sparks for Rem's Tales. Oh, like this, yes. this will make sense to you if you don't know what it is yet, but you use it to upgrade your, your armor later, and it's going to be really tempting to do that. Just go do a battlefield or something that drops it. Um, Rem's Tales are, are an upgrade material you will need, but do not trade sparks for it. a terrible exchange. It's an awful exchange rate, yeah. Um, yeah, but just put the copper voucher on the NPC. Just let it sit there and just kind of think of it as like a Final Fantasy nest egg of uh, you being able to access things you really want access to when, when it becomes available. So Okay, so here's the progression now. Here's the little putting everything into a 10-step nutshell process because the whole thing here with the free campaign that spurred this idea is that the number one thing that you see constantly every campaign, every six months, or just in general when anyone comes back to the game or joins the game, a lot of the times people coming from 14 where they, they finally learn 11's a thing and they try to play it. There was one today, yeah. a thread on Reddit, it was just titled WOW, and it was them, you know, I go, okay, what's WOW? I hope it's not World of Warcraft, but they like, oh, wow, this oh. Is the, the thing was, it's very different from 14, and there's no hand-holding. It's like, yeah, so, but there's a lot of this, what do I do? And while that's answered by 17 million people in 17 million different ways everywhere, I just wanted to make an episode on it because, I don't know, I'm having fun anyway. So and, and it's important. Like, these are the sort of things that we both get asked questions a lot, actually. Yes, and it's not one. just from brand new people. Like, a lot of times it's someone who's not quite brand new or maybe they return to the game after taking like a month off or so. And we'll get questions about, oh, well, what's better or what's next or, or such and such or I don't know what to do. And um, this is to kind of like 
shake off a lot of the, the, the handholding that people want. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't need handholding as long as you have an outline. You can make it up as you go. Just follow <laughs> follow the outline. I feel gross now. Okay. Be all the outline you can be. <laughs> God. If anyone's never heard us before, I'm sorry. All right. So, okay, 10-step so, process. What do you want to do, Fox? Do you want to do one to five? I'll kick off number one. It's pretty straightforward. So we just talked about Sparks and even Bailed for a little while. Um, also do your domain invasion. Um, what that is is uh, once you progress far enough in Rhapsody's of Vanadil, you'll gain access to be able to fight a dragon um, every day. And it gives you points towards being able to uh, earn vouchers that... Uh, not vouchers, but points that will let you directly buy gear, um, whether specific to the job or even just drops later that you may not be able to solo yourself. Um, there's a class of gear called Abjuration Gear, where you have to uncurse something, and being able to just uh, purchase those with domain invasion points that you earn from killing that dragon uh, will often provide um, this gear to players who would not be able to fight those battles yet normally, and it's still gear that, that retains its value very well, even in today's current endgame gear selections. There's a lot of swaps that you need uh, some of these pieces for. Uh, so it's definitely good to stockpile. And it, it also provides like some gill if you want to sell items like Burn Ash, you know, that sort of deal. But most importantly, the main invasion after three days of it will get you, if you're new to the game, or just starting a new job and you are kind of like alone for whatever reason or uh, you see it where people have a jobs, but they like want to do something else, but they for some reason are incapable of doing anything because they've not ever done it by themselves for whatever reason. Uh, you know, yeah. the domain invasion will give you a great weapon to start with, or just one you need for some other purpose. Oh yeah, I always overlook that. Um, yeah, you can you they're they were like designed so that you use them in domain invasion, but it's probably better than trying to go get like a homestead weapon or or something like that. Oh no, no, it's not just those. I mean, actually, that's actually I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking. Yeah, you're thinking of the, like, do one domain invasion, you had the weapon. That's actually a good point. I was thinking of, like, the 300, 200, 300 point, whatever it is, like the uh, Shijo dagger or Oh, Kawana. yeah. Yeah, so the other side of what I was talking about, the abjuration gear, is those same kind of uh, notorious monsters that you would be killing for the abjurations that I just talked about also drop, like, I, I guess it's sort of job-specific weaponry. Um, sometimes multiple jobs are on it. But, yeah, that, that's what you're talking about, where like, you stuff. can get this... Yeah, the Esha, it's, it's, it's a nice starting weapon uh, to, to just kind of pick up and not, you know, feel like you have to use like a homestead blade or something that's pretty, pretty bad, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's your first weapon you can grab immediately. But I mean, imagine five years ago, or even just three years ago, saying Kalat is a starting weapon now. Oh, right. It's nuts. Yeah, if you do eight domain invasions, you get a weapon that people used to buy for some reason off of people selling it. Don't do that. They probably still do. Oh yeah, they they still try. I've seen shouts for it, but it's pretty absurd for anyone to have to buy anything from uh, the lower tier Ryzen Jima or even even Rowan at this point. And I don't think it's the greatest exchange uh, to do, but if you're a new player and you need that kind of foothold in, or if you're starting a new job and you want to play it, for, anyway, it's it's just I guess this is still just new people at this point. I don't want to make up other nonsense. It's a great foothold in to be able to then start fighting the other stuff in Esha to then get gear without having to buy it with more domain invasion stuff. It's to get you rolling. It's a jump start to your 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 being there. Yeah, you're you're right, and and one of the common. Um... One of the common complaints that I hear is that I need, you know, the gear that this drops in order to be able to do the content it drops from, which isn't true. 
but at least this gives you the ability to, like, like you said, get rolling on that and actually have it available so you can go back through and do the content and maybe get other drops so you don't have to use your domain invasion points on that going forward. So, But then otherwise, domain invasion has unique items that only come from domain invasion for like a thousand points, which would be 10 days of 100 points. Oh, yeah. So that's only if you have Mirio on your server cap, so it could be more than 10 days if you're capping an 80. So That's true. Yes, it depends. I can't. That's not a universal thing. So it could be could be two weeks it could be 10 days so it would be you only you want to use them sparingly when you start just to get a weapon or something you don't if you if, like you can get the abjuration stuff just by fighting i mean sure some of them are annoying to pop with those unity items but there's also a unity campaign going right now it's it's a really easy way to either make guilt or get the pop items it's it's really easy but people don't want to do it so it costs several hundred k to get a stack of them and pop but you want to not waste your points on those by not fighting content. It can seem tempting. Oh, I can just get this piece of gear, and then oh, in like another week, I get another piece of gear. It's like no, you're you want to get the other items at the end there. You don't want to immediately never get those. Yeah, and I mean, team up with people too because it's a personal pool drop. This unity thing that he was talking about. Uh, when you find out what those NMs are and you like research it and stuff, you'll you'll also find that because it's a personal drop, there's really no reason not to team up with people uh, because you you just use more people to take it down. Like sure. You have to keep in mind what kind of, you know, party can actually kill the NM. So you don't want to just like run in with like five thieves and think you can do it. But, um, it is a lot easier to get into those groups because there's really no competition for what you're going to reward. You're going to get on the other side. Five thieves and Koopipi. That sounds gross. <laughs> Need that moonlight rounded out. So then, yes. So that's, that's step one. Step two would be get your Ambuscade NQ armor and your Ambu weapon, which is, I, I mean, that's going to be better than the domain weapon because that's meant for domain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those Ambuscade weapons, for anyone who like listens to the Ninja podcast, um, I advocate basically all of them. Uh, they, they are all very, very strong um, for what they do, especially at the level you get them. I mean, obviously, there are weapons that will be stronger. Um, and a lot of times these end up being situational eventually, but you probably never regret having them uh they're, they're just very nice to have and i'm just talking the base weapon here because at this point we've gone from one to two i assume they have sparks and bailed items just the base ambuscade weapon which is like what two fights or something and to, before they even start upgrading it to replace their you know 117 sparks oh weapon. yeah you're, you're talking about the, the aja weapon. yeah because the next one i specified the next one where i said step three is to get ambuscade oh, hq and Asha armor and upgrade your weapon to kaja it's here yeah, yeah. So I mean, you'll you'll spend a lot of time doing the same kinds of content, but this is also a time where you can build up your familiarity with this content and then be more valuable to other newer people like seeking to do this content too. So you can kind of uh, progress, if you will, uh, with your um, your your networking you or your interactions with other people. As you do, Fox. As you do. Well, it's true. I mean, you'll you'll get more and more acclimated with the content you'll you'll know what you're doing you'll you'll start to sound like you know what you're doing so you'll be um more desirable to having your group to having a group when you know you can go to other newer people and be like hey you know i've done this before also let's just both go get it um plenty of drops you know just work on two and three and then also work on networking during two and three also so you can get kind of like a baseline of how jobs interact, and maybe a pool of people that you can work with later on. Okay, so this is supposed to be a nutshell, and we're talking about it, but we're going to break it down below. So 
Let's just I'll just rapid oh. I'll rapid fire because I mean it's not bad we're not, we're not going to re- we're not going to repeat it but I'm going to rapid fire I, this I one. I thought out. we were going balls deep on the well well it's a nutshell Fox so one get sparks bailed item do domain invasion two get ambuscade NQ armor which is you know if you have your domain invasion weapon after like two days or three days then you can already do one fight will get you one piece of NQ already solo with trust but anyway get ambuscade NQ ambu weapon. Three, get Ambuscade HQ, Esha Armor, Objuration, Upgrade Ambu Weapon to Kaja. Four, work on your DT gear, do your high-tier battlefields like Lilith, get SU3 if you need it, which would be 550 CP. Five, participate in content. There you go. Now you can participate in pretty much most content. Six, research your job, which obviously comes earlier, but this the point is research your job, specific gear from events like Sinister Rain, Olivian Skirmish. 7. Min-max. Cap CP. Unlock other weapon types, like your ambu weapons for ninja can use hand-to-hand, katana, great katana, dagger, sword, you know. See what your job can use. It's not all the same for every job. Uh, 8. Explore other jobs. 9. REAM weapons. Ream weapons. 10. Repeat steps 5 to 9. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the order you want to do things in. I I mean, number 8 with exploring other jobs, like you can kind of dabble in that throughout, but you should really focus on one thing primarily so that way you don't get bogged down in, in too much side grading because this game is very heavy in the side grading. Yeah. As it is. If you're like me, you'll get lost in the details. That's why that's you can put eight there, explore the jobs at any part of that one to ten, and it's really one to nine. Ten is just repeat one to nine. <laughs> I wanted to make it ten steps. That's the tenth step. Yep. Round it out. But yeah, I mean, you, if you're new and that's your progression ladder i would think exploring other jobs later on your group's going to want other things it's going to happen anyway it's not set in stone it was just in a nutshell number seven with the whole min maxing thing um that is also a process so don't be afraid to min max as you go like you'll probably never be done with it if you're doing it right um you know the capping cp thing that'll be an ongoing deal um just don't buy it go out and learn how to play your job people will say it's not important that you you'll be able to figure it out but there's like an inherent uh, fluidity you'll have with your job if you just play it, um, especially certain jobs like dancer, for example. I couldn't imagine burning dancer than trying to play it effectively. I yeah, I, that's, that sounds awful. That's pretty. And bad. then unlocking the other weapon types too, like do what your job is 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 known to be good for. I know a lot of new people read guides and stuff. You'll see a primary weapon that your job uses. Make sure that, that you're usable for that and unlock the niche things later. Um, well, like Samurai, Great Katana, and then Shining One. Those are That's important to have. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Like, yeah, you could pick up a club or something on Warrior and it's very niche, but it's, you know, that's why it comes later. So it's, it's see, the problem is this whole thing is we were talking about it. You go, you can't just make a progression anything because it's very particular to every job and it's, it's not tailored to yeah. one job. Every progression for each job is different. So... Yeah, that's why we had to sit down a couple times, actually, before we approach this one. Um, just because like people will generally think, hey, I just need to get the next best piece of gear, or maybe I'll just try to jump straight to Arima. But that's not really what, uh, or Arima weapon, like your ultimate weapon. That's 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 not what progression truly is. That That's you picking up something that you don't know how to use. It, it's like trying to give a, a, a toddler a lawnmower and telling him to go mow the lawn. It's, it's not going to happen. But yeah, I mean, I, I wrote this whole thing in mind, assuming your solo is a newer player before you group up, you know, you know, it's just, you know, it has to be realistic for the people who need it. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, 
you aren't always going to be able to get into groups and the networking thing isn't always a given. It doesn't always so, go well. Yeah, it doesn't always go well. But I mean, if, if you fall off the horse, like you should get back on it. I don't want to use too many like cliche lines or anything, <laughs> but it, but it's true. Like I see a lot of people just, just get, not get accepted to a group and all of a sudden they like rage quit, you know, and, and honestly, you should just try to evaluate why you weren't picked up for the group. Don't just say, oh, it's because my gear is bad because that's not the case. You're just new. Um, just try to see what you can fix on your own and try to keep grouping up with people because not everyone is going to be an entitled asset. And this is coming from an entitled asset. Uh, hi. Um, but think, yeah, think right. about when you have a job you do, you get a new job or something. Think about how long it takes you to feel comfortable in that job and how long that can still continue to change depending on the job. So you may get a job and then you may get comfortable within the first week or month doing your tasks. But then over time, you still get more comfortable with the people you're with, interactions, things change, you know, it may take sometimes a year to keep getting completely like you feel like, oh, I've got everything now. It takes time for everything you do to acclimate, learn, grow, develop, and that doesn't actually stop. So the game is no different. And just like in real life, too, sometimes that job doesn't work out for you for one reason or another. Like maybe it's time to find a new job if it doesn't. Like just be open to these sorts of things because it's a game and you should enjoy it. But you should also be able to enjoy the game and how it was designed too. Like you should be able to to identify when, hey, maybe this isn't the role for me, um, and I should move on at this point. That doesn't mean move on to another game. It means move on to doing a different well, right. role or approach, or maybe you you know maybe you picked white mage because you wanted to get in easier to things, but you hate white mage and you're tired of going white mage. It's turning <laughs> up to the game. Stop being a fucking white mage, right? Yeah, I'll usually tell new players to go pick up White Mage, and that's not uh, that's not for everyone. Definitely, I love White Mage, but I'm also a crazy person. So, you know, they, unfortunately, too, something you see that people get turned off with and they freak out with is the interactions, because that is the bulk of this game, and they have a bad experience. They fight with someone, they can't handle it, or someone they see yells and they freak out. It's you know, you know, especially people when they the people just come to town and yell, "No politics! This is a video game." You know, the the world doesn't stop because you're having some leisure time, okay? The world exists out there. These are real people from it. You can't expect the game to accommodate itself to your personal sensibilities and sensitivities. So, I mean, that's people also have to, if they're playing any sort of social game, they have to kind of get their Be expectations social. in line because I think a lot of people don't have their expectations in line. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, if if like a certain aspect of chat isn't for you, then just ignore it, I guess. I mean, th those words aren't going to jump off the screen and hurt you, but don't use it as an excuse not to group up with people or, or think that like people don't like how you play a job because of like whatever they're trying to like troll you with or that they have some sort of like weird political view that you don't agree with or something like that has nothing to do with gameplay, like learn to separate these things. And sometimes these people who yell completely ridiculous and stupid things all the time, hi, spicy. Well, no, um, no, no, no. Think about yesterday. You have Sabbath, the great yelling Bible verses, and then you have Screwball yelling that he anyone who gets the vaccines is sheep and he wants to give people COVID. You got a lot of yells going on, okay? Right, right. And and like I, I was about to make fun of Spicy because people always tend to make fun of Spicy and yells for some fucking reason. But I play the game with him I and or for as, as bad as he claims he is, and honestly, he is bad sometimes. Yes. Um, he's still a perfectly fine player, and he's a, he's a good example as, uh, as to why you should stick with it. Because even people like me who expect the best out of everyone I play with all the time, um, 
will still be like, hey, this person has some sort of redeemable quality because, you know, they're not completely an idiot. Wow. So. That is the most glowing review I've ever heard. Throw that on Rotten Tomatoes for my life. Yeah, right. It had all sorts of negative connotations. Yeah, it's, it's totally great. I, I love the dark overtones. It's great. Yeah, man. So here's a little line I wrote here for everything we just talked about for five freaking minutes. Much like a bad date, bad lay, or bad case of food poisoning, you will have bad experiences, just like in life. Be an adult. Live, learn, and grow the fuck up. Yeah, basically. Honestly, that's like my mantra most of the time, too. It's just on your wall in blood. Be an adult. Yeah. <laughs> grow the fuck up. <laughs> grow the fuck up and be an adult. So, yeah, learn your job, research your abilities, you know, progression is particular. Yeah, that was like the toughest part of approaching this, too. Like I was kind of saying before, uh, each job progresses differently. Each job kind of fits in differently in different parts. Um, but I mean, you're, ultimately, you're still searching to be better at your job, both from your play style. So you want to progress that way. And then you also want to make sure you're getting like the next best piece of gear, which is, in my opinion, less important, especially for like your support related jobs. Yeah. Never skip leg day, apparently. Yeah. I, I put this on Reddit today because someone had a question about progression. So I copy pasted this over. I said, the real leg work in this game comes from learning as you go, doing research and asking questions. Never skip leg day. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that actually does work because the people who skip leg day, they're the they're the people I have to uh, remind how FTP transfer works on a daily basis. Why would you use Grape Daifuku on Blue Mage? <gasps> Why does this happen? What does it do? Double Daifuku all the way across the sky. You know, that guy died recently. Really? Yeah, Double Rainbow guy died uh, during the start of COVID. It wasn't from COVID, it was from some other disease. Wow, that's a trivia I would have never actually Googled. Yeah, you know. There you go. So, yep. <laughs> yep that's good man progression <laughs> little it's the spicy facts the darkest episode ever it's great uh, maybe 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 you made a point there progression is all about leapfrogging reasonably to better stuff without getting hung up on dumb stuff sometimes so what do you consider dumb stuff uh i would consider dumb stuff to be New player, oh, I can do Delve. It drops this club I want. I need people for Delve. No one will help me with Delve. Who will help me with Delve every day? And people get hung up on dumb stuff. Just move past it. Come back to it later. You don't need to be hung up. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, a lot of times people uh, will idolize like a specific piece of gear thinking it's going to like make or break how they play the job. And honestly, a lot of the time it ends up being the stupid Rima thing. Um, but it could even just be like someone really wanting like the Bolabunga from uh, from uh, that that tree. Mm, the, the tree in Yorcia. Yeah, the tree in the Yorcia Delve. Um, it, basically, Bolabunga is, is the Bolabunga. It's Whoopkit because um, Yumcox is the other guy. Yeah, Wh Whoopkit. Yeah, um, Whoopkit. It's a it's an awful tree in M. Um, you want people to help you get it mostly most of the time. I mean, this is again is aimed at you know newer people, um, but. Like this, this club is is good for what it does. Like it helps out like your your regen cast if you're a white mage has some cure potency on it. I think if I remember right, I could be wrong there. Um, but it has like idle refresh and regen, or it has idle refresh on it for sure. Um, but basically, it's like an all around solid club that you can get out of delve. That's the point I'm trying to make. And a lot of times people will see like this one piece and get hung up on it. Probably not so much nowadays. But I remember just like two years ago. Um, the white mages would be like, well, I need that, and I need my Empyrean plus one legs, and I need um, such and such, and then eventually I'll get a Yagrush. And like they have this like checklist of like notable gear that they'll just get stuck on and never move past. 
and it stops them from just saying, hey, you know, maybe I don't have the group to uh, to work this out right now and get this get this part done. It doesn't mean that I can't, you know, progress my other gear. I can't keep upgrading my uh, artifact and relic gear through Dynamis and Omen. You know, don't just like get tunnel vision on that one piece because that one piece is not going to make or break. The problem is, if I haven't stated enough already, I'll continue to state it later on. I know I wrote it down several times. Is everyone starts and focuses on the ultimate weapons? Please don't do that. That's a bad choice. I've I, I've said it many years and written in many places on the wiki. Please don't do that. Your armor matters more, and don't focus on CP like it's the end all be all. And you have to buy it because you need it, or you won't be able to. People don't know how much CP you have. They you know they'll see your performance. They they're not going to see your CP. You don't need it. It's helpful. You cap it eventually. As long as you get 1,200 plus for most job bonuses, don't worry about it because the other stuff's just kind of gravy. It's usually not ever going to make or break you by missing 20 accuracy or something. It's your gear that matters, and your weapon comes later. Everything else. Yeah, it, to, be, to piggyback off that, um, what people usually will end up doing is they'll say, hey, you know, I, for whatever reason, think I need a Rima, uh, which, is, again, is the ultimate weapon. Uh, the so impression I given out. is a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's the impression given. And they they think they need this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go get like the one that I can get so that I can say I have one. And it almost always ends up being a relic weapon because for whatever reason people end up obtaining it through whatever means <laughs> that they choose to. And they're just picking it so they can say they have one most of the time. And the problem is is these things are not like damage-based weapons for the reason people usually will get them. It's usually my my gripe with the Ragnarok in particular, uh the greatsword. But people will get these weapons so they can say that they're like some sort of like, you know, Rima DD or, or oh, geez. If the shouts have it, therefore I must have it. Otherwise, I can't be accepted. When... It, it, exactly, exactly. But but they end up picking like relics in particular, not understanding what a relic really does for the job. It's and funny that, because uh, it's, it's the loophole. It's the Achilles heel and the yelling Rima for their shouts because, you know, oh, great. They have it, but it's not, you know... <laughs> It, it, you're not going to do what that group wants you to do, even though that's what better with an ambuscade weapon. Occasionally, it just depends what it is. I can't just make a blanket statement there, but it, you know, if you do, yeah. you do more with the Karambit than you will with the Safari. So I don't understand. You know, people understand. Yeah, as a ninja with a Kakoku, for example, like if I'm like trying to do ninja things, um, I don't automatically just jump to the fact that I have Kakoku or even my Heishi Shinroken. Like those are both ultimate weapons, right? But most of the time, yeah, like you said, an ambuscade weapon is actually like the highest DPS choice in ideal situations. So like people will jump to like this relic thing and be like, oh, well, I, I finally, you know, maxed out my credit card to get this relic weapon. So now I can join content and like the rest of your gear is just not where it needs to be. And you find out later that you made this relic weapon and you feel terrible about it because it's not like doing what you expected it to do because it's labeled a relic weapon or an ultimate weapon by the community at large. There's a lot so, of nuance to everything. It's a lot of nuance yeah. to everything, and you can't just assume a weapon is going to be best for you, best for your group, best for the situation, or even really know how to get the most out of it just by making it because people are shouting for it. So please do not make it until you are very comfortable with your job. You've thought about your gear sets. You've thought about your job. You've thought about how you'd use the weapon. Like I'm making Vondra right now, and someone gave me 7K Alex today because they're soft quitting. Thank you, Rock. Appreciate it. Won't go to yeah, waste. Yeah, specifically. <laughs> hate you specifically from cg to hate you yeah man i was like wow uh, thanks great. like wow so it's, it's funny because we're making the same weapon but it was just for like his ult or something he was so bored with his result and he didn't care i'm like oh okay and he's like I'm, I'm starting a new job i'm not gonna be busy i'm just just taking it. it's gonna sit here otherwise and never get used i'm like okay well you know whatever but 
the Vajra is something that I wouldn't have made on Thief until much later. Like, I got anus first, because my anus is bleeding. And then, <laughs> then, then Twashtar. But then, you know, when you understand how the value can be there for something else, and you take the job seriously enough, then you make it. It's not just, it, it only matters if you have the right setup for certain things, as in your yeah. character, as in how you'd use it, as in do I even want to play that way? Because they make you play in different ways and may not enjoy that. It's just, it's not, it's not a blanket, this weapon's great. And there's so many different ways that other weapons that aren't ultimate weapons can be better and, you know, or not, obviously. But it's silly that people don't know what they need, therefore they ask for things they don't need. And everyone yeah. focuses on weapons instead of armor. So don't do that, please. I mean, if we're going to talk about daggers in particular, like the turret itself is like so strong. Oh, that yeah. It's actually very competitive with them anyway. Situationally, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of situations for all these different daggers and they all come into play if you care. Otherwise, if you just want one thing to spam, then who cares? Whatever. Pick that. What's the most deeps? Yeah. Have a good time. You suck. But just make sure that the... Yeah. Just make sure that everything surrounding that dagger gets worked on first. And that's kind of what we were stressing on progression. Like you have to be able to identify where your progression lies and it is not getting a Rima weapon right off the bat. It is making sure that you have everything to support that Rima. So yeah, if it's not made entirely clear, there may be a couple pieces you pick up or change how your sets are organized with gear you already have to make a weapon optimized, but the armor was already there and you were going to have it regardless. So you need to have all of that built around the weapon because if you roll up as just a Dark Knight using Scourge on an unaugmented Ragnarok without changing gear in Ambuscade, and you get laughed out of there and kicked from the party because you were doing nothing and can't even hit the mob because all those reasons surrounding... The fact that it's a Ragnarok doesn't even matter. And Pretend you don't know how good a Ragnarok is, yeah, you just know it's a relic weapon. Yeah. yeah. Pretend you don't know anything about it besides it's an ultimate weapon. Therefore, that's what they're asking for. That's for us what I need. The person we had this happen had no gear surrounding it, possibly no gear swaps, and it was they were worse off than if they just picked up something else and used. They could have picked up a Unity Greatsword, anything, and had armor around it. They would have done more damage than if they used this. And it's you see it all the time. So just don't do that. And they could have put those resources towards the other gear instead. Like because they're expensive. Yeah, they are expensive. Like relics are technically the cheap one, according to what everyone says, but it's still tens of millions. Like of a, yeah, it's still like a seventy million gil investment if you just like straight out buy it, and that's not even including the astrals for R fifteen. And frankly, you get like, your SU five. Yeah, you can get your SU five instead, which is um, when you get job master, you can get a um, a weapon that is crafted that is dynamis divergence weapon. Yeah, space. it it's it's like an ultimate weapon in all intents and purposes. It does a lot of cool things for your job, like an ultimate weapon would. So they should be on your radar, but like basically everything that you could have put into that, you could have instead divided into making all of your sets surrounding it stronger. And it's oftentimes just more a lot successful overall. Yeah. You'll be way more successful splitting that up for sure. So, okay. I mean, do we even need to cover trust? I don't think we really need to cover trust. I mean, we talk about trust a little bit. Like, I, I mean, like progress trust. To progress trust, you just have to identify what your personal party is missing, and this will help you build better parties in the future. And you want to be able to like take your starting tank, which is usually the laner all, and turn it into something better later. Like Archangel EV is my usual go-to. That's my go-to um, as well. Yeah, and Chuchu is also an interesting one, but it uses Berserk, which is strange. 
But um, <laughs> that if they, I'm sure they didn't use Berserk, yeah. it would be a lot better. For sure, for sure. But basically, just know that um, you may have like a favorite trust config. Just know those trust roles and try to like learn to build balanced parties. And eventually, you'll get better trust to replace them. So you should keep an eye out for for where that is. You know, like what you should work on next to get that. And then eventually, you'll also want to be able to replace those certain trust slots with like real players who are playing because oftentimes they are going to be better than trusts. Often, most times. But I mean, early on, I like Shantoto too. Everyone talks about that. Uh, so the or the ranger chick that you get just from basically doing rank. Oh, Semilafina or whatever. Yeah, Semilafina. Uh, oh, it's okay. very good early on. Lilliset too from doing ROV very good early on leveling other jobs. But one that never gets talked about that I like a lot, especially early on, is Theodore. I never use him. You can't heal him because he's undead. So he heals himself eventually with the TP move. He gets an aura that eventually heals himself. So otherwise you just call him back. But what he does is he has attacks that are not subject to haste. So as an early player, he has job ability attacks. Therefore, he attacks better and will do more damage from that sort of advantage as a disadvantage later on. And he also magic bursts, which is nice with jaw spells or whatever. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, I like him early on. You get him from the dueling quest line? Uh, Yes, I believe so. But yeah, a lot of things like trust and gear and things are tied behind quest lines when you're a new character. So if you get domain invasion points by just going there for the day, if you're on a server that's probably just a one a day, depends sometimes, server resets, etc. If you're on other servers, you might have to do like three or so. And usually they don't take too long, but you can do other things. I mean, as long as you get those every day, but it gives you time to then go around doing all of your mission lines and things like that that you may have skipped because you don't have to do them all to get ROV done. A lot of people don't. They get the bare minimum and move on. But completing all your COP and ZM so you get Brutal Earring, Supernomimi, things like that, those are still important to this day. And even going to Limbus for the Potentia Sash early on is something that's 99 non-eye level content, so you can do that. Uh, but do those missions while getting your domain invasion stuff. It just kind of ties in. Yeah, a lot of times people will look at gear and say, hey, is it item level? Um, if if it's 119, I want to get the next best version. But there's a lot of things in those accessory slots that he was talking about that aren't even 99, but they are still incredibly viable pieces of gear because they round out what you're trying to do, basically. The, the, the accessory slots are not subject to the has to be level 119 to be good sort of mentality. So just kind of keep them keep those in mind and a lot of times you'll see them in guides and you'll say hey man i wish i had that and then you'll look it up and say oh man i get so panamimi by completing rise of zillard i don't want to go back through and do that just go through and do it it's 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 not difficult and it gives you bonuses like being able to pick up gear that you actually do need you know what's funny too about accessories is back when i level was new you basically capped taste on everything and now Especially if you're a job using a dual wield belt like the Ricky Yotai from Kirin uh, version 2. We can call it Kirin version 2. Um, which is a staple on a lot of jobs. Um, you know, you don't cap gear haste like you do. It's not for granted anymore. So, I mean, if you had to try and prioritize gear, missing 1% or so generally isn't a problem based on how optimal certain pieces of gear are. But on a job like Dragoon or other heavy DD jobs, there's times where. You get really good pieces of gear that are really good, like uh, the two, the head and body from Odin, but they don't have haste. So, yep. yes, they're really good when you have the haste, so you have to make sure you have the right items to make that happen. So focus on capping your gear haste, or at least your gear haste with your magic haste. If you don't understand that, that's a whole other thing entirely. 
and focus on accuracy. So as a new player, those are your two most important things is accuracy and haste. Make sure you're trying to cap both of them. The Sparks gear doesn't cap your haste off the bat, not a accessory. So you keep that in mind because that's your starting point that you build all sets from is especially if like you're a DD, you want to make sure you're at your haste cap and then you interchange those pieces while still trying to keep that number, that, that value the same. So um, as you look at your gear, you'll, you'll kind of notice that trend between each piece. It's like, hey, this slot generally has like 8% haste or this slot has 4% haste. Um, and then eventually you'll notice one doesn't. And it's like, well, maybe I got to change this other slot out. So that's how you kind of like piecemeal together the, the pieces that you're getting because not everything is worn as a 5 of 5 set. And gear haste caps at 25 if that needs to be stated. It's technically 25 and change, but whatever. Yeah, 25 slash 26. But if you're shooting for 25, you're fine. That's yeah. It, don't worry about the specifics of that. Just know that twenty five, twenty six is what you're shooting for. If you if you end up with more than that, yay! But just kind of keep in mind that you can back off of it a little bit if your if your pieces allow. Um, and gear haste is not the only reason why you upgrade gear either. But you always want to keep it in mind as you get like better pieces that you want to TP in or that you want to cast in that sort of thing. So look how much of this early stuff on is basically not playing the game content yet. It's basically building your character out. So you don't want to skip leg day, build your character out, because while you're doing those missions and domain invasions, you can also quest your weapon skills. You're more than capable yep. of unlocking them at 99 in Sparks gear. It'll be no problem because they existed at 75 or so on. You know, it's it's not yeah. hard. We just had a situation where we were fighting the V15 Kalunga the other day, and um, in Odyssey. The, my my go-to warrior, yeah, in Odyssey. And my this is endgame content for for the newer players, but my my go-to warrior that I always have just go apply slashing damage to things until they fall down. I just assumed he had a, a weapon skill called Steel Cyclone that you have to go out and quest, and he just didn't have it, and that was a really bad day for us. Yeah, he has so it. So make sure you have. The, oh yeah, he has it now, and you know kind of give him a little bit of shit for it but um just make sure that that you come prepared with with as many things that your job can offer as possible especially when it's low-hanging fruit like going out and doing a couple weapon skills until you unlock it yeah i mean like just even even if you're not going to use them the skill chain properties will absolutely come into play in some part of this game whether it's ambuscade or some new nm or something it always 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 comes back into play you need them all yeah, and if if skill chain properties like him saying that scares you, then you need to start and and build early good habits nice and early by learning how skill chains work. You need to eat because your that, vegetables, that damn it! Eat your vegetables, damn it! Because that is required out of DDs. You have to know how to skill chain. I mean, technically, a lot of people get by brute forcing and not ever needing to know what a skill chain is. But yes, uh, I think with yeah, but Odyssey, new people. Odyssey in particular, SE is absolutely. They're tripling down or quadrupling down on forcing people to know game mechanics now, and it's not even, it, you know, it's it's it, they're getting serious based on how you're seeing it's required to win fights now. Before it was like helpful, or you kind of could just like get around it by doing some little, you know, like a scholar skill chaining or something. Now it's the now the DDs have to know how to skill chain, yep. which is nice. I agree because it's it's a part of the game that has slowly been overlooked more and more as you go and. It's actually really desirable to have someone in your group that knows how to do skill chains. Um, that, that's one of the things that people look to me for a lot of the time, actually, is they're just like, oh, what skill chain do I need for this? And I'll just be like, oh, it's this and this because it makes this. And um, FFXI Calc is a great program people can use yes. to look up skill chains. Yeah, the, the more people that know how to do that, the better. Like, you shouldn't just have to lean on one person to know how skill chains work. Like, be that guy who knows. 
I was be happy all the that DD you can be. be all the DD that you can be. I was happy the other day when I pulled up the uh, skill chain combo that I thought would be good for uh, what Kalunga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To shining, shining to steel cyclone again. Yeah, that was solid. Infinite skill chain with you know the corsair not needing to do damage and the warrior still doing damage. But yeah, people. Yeah, I, I didn't even know how to make that one. Honestly, I was like sitting there looking at it, like scratching my head. I'm like, oh god, what can we make that's infinite out of a sword and a fucking great axe? Oh, it was great. Felt Kaleev would yeah, too. But it's not. It was good. Uh, so yes, also get your spells. I mean, we're still on the basis here of building your characters. A lot of legwork. Get your spells. Blue doesn't need them all. Otherwise, get them all. If you're any other job that's not blue, we already went over blue. So next. Capping CP is not an immediate objective. Don't put the cart before the dommel. Man, you really jumped out of that one so that I couldn't go on a tangent about getting all your fucking spells, but please don't do that. Need a, look, we can't all be cool like me and do Odyssey <laughs> and say, hey guys, watch this, and use a scroll of Protect 4 on your rune fencer when you're going into Odyssey. You can't be like me and not have Protect 4 for 16 years. That is great. You know, I actually had to get my Crusade from the ROE because I didn't have Crusade. You know, I was actually really proud of an LS member the other day because I, I noticed one of these things is check the Kuru Moogle for accuracy food and stuff. The The guy actually had the presence of mind. He's one of the newer players in, in uh, the What the Fuckling Shell. Um, he, he picked it up off the NPC. The, um, the NPC, yeah, that just gives him out. And he actually asked in there, he's like, well, what was the command again to check my accuracy? Like, I'd never see that actually occur to new players. Yeah, I was actually kind of happy to see someone ask that. Yeah, a lot of times they just swing and they're like, I'm missing what's going on. But Slash you, check param is crucial. Yeah. Yeah, see where you're at and then see like what level the content is. And I mean, if if there's nothing there to tell you what the accuracy requirement is uh, for it, just kind of get an idea of it, what levels, you know, you need certain amounts of accuracy for. So just get, get accustomed to that because sometimes new content comes the, out and people don't know. The Apex page on BG will have how much accuracy you need. So check param and the Apex page will be one of the most important yep. places you start getting comfortable with how your accuracy needs to be and gearing sets around that. And that's actually a lot of time and fun if you enjoy making sets that, you know, you go and apply and go, hey, the thing I made works. That's kind of satisfying. But that's just yeah. Me. Well, yeah, and the, the more you do that, the, the easier it's going to be for you to be able to brew sets, too. Like, uh, the, the the whole, like, set progression thing is is very horizontal, and a lot of times people don't know how to approach, uh, approach that, and a lot of that is just gearing for situations in mind and just interchanging pieces to, like, meet those kinds of requirements. Like, accuracy is a great one to start with um, because that's something that all DDs need, and it gets you used to playing around with, like, moving those set pieces around while still keeping something like your haste totals in, in check and stuff, so... Um, start playing with that early. It's okay to be wrong, um, but at least you you figure out how to like start optimizing and move that sliding puzzle. Part of building guides and mostly gear guides because I don't make good guides. Um, part of doing that is looking at a lot of gear and a lot of sets. And with this game right now, the point is in is what do you think, Fox? In the longest stretch of an era of gear it's ever been in of horizontal progress. So from yes. Adeline all the way onwards, it's like the longest stretch of it's not really 119 anymore because it's getting better than previous 119 gear, but it's still 119 it and a lot of interchangeable pieces. Yeah, and it's only going to get more horizontal because we don't, you know, go back to any level capped content or anything like that. So, like, we're we're going to have to deal with 119 and and different, you know, 50 shades of 119 flavors. Yeah, 50 shades of 119. But yes, doing that has not only made me think of different pieces of gear for my sets or how to optimize them, but just doing that has made the way I approach things and 
build my character or play it and stuff. It just made it evolve over time, which is a very interesting thing to look back on. Yeah. It's progression. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you are uh, trading out a, a less useful thing for a more useful thing, you have progressed in some way. So just kind of keep note of how you do it and build your own process for doing so. It's not always apparent, too, until later. Sometimes you don't realize it's happening. So back to the cart, cart before the Dommel, if I don't say words in terrible, you know, phonetical pronunciations. Anyway, uh, you know, getting 50 is good as a new player. Uh, don't get past 100 before you're starting to really build out and do other stuff. You return to CP later when you're actually ready for it. When you have better gear, it'll be faster. You know, don't waste your time trying to get minor bonuses that are they're very helpful. And technically, when you fight the highest content, they feel necessary. But you're not doing that right now, and you don't want to waste your time sitting there trying to fight stuff without having better gear. You can work in the gear. It's more powerful than your CP, generally. Yeah. And like as you CP and you're able to fight stronger and stronger things, uh, again, that pulls out your, your need to be able to adapt your gear sets for it, uh, especially from like an accuracy standpoint. So like if you're moving from you know, one of the lower tier Seagates. Apex places. Yeah, like Seagates Which or something. Which is like or, 11, off the top of my head, it's like 1150 accuracy or something like that. Yeah, or and you move into like the Bats and Doe, which are like 1200. They're 12.2550. Yeah, it's it's much higher. And then you move into the Bats in uh, Outer Raz Kanar, which are higher level Apex 13, Bats. 13-ish. Mm-hmm. And then you move to the uh, the Apex at the, uh, the, the Inner Court, and it's Does it anywhere. can be north of 1400 yeah, yeah. everybody up to 1400 so like 1350 to 1400 yeah so uh, like th- that's another reason why you should actually cp yourself um you get to learn how your job adjusts as you go you learn how to play your job and then you also get the benefit of being able to have progressively more accurate sets and seeing what trade-offs you have to make in order to make them because every job kind of approaches that differently like a, a dark knight doesn't progress its accuracy sets the same way as a dragoon but they're both heavy uh, heavy two-handed dps something to keep in mind so otherwise when you get to 100 you can unlock some su uh two which is kind of nifty because while you're in an awkward stage and you can be easily replacing this with ambuscade um nq maybe you got it i don't know it's a weird thing so it's kind of doesn't matter and it might not be in the auction house but if you're still in sparks and somehow have 100 su uh, 100 cp then the su gear the uh sombra the revealers and the gefecht Gefecht being German for skirmish. So the skirmish armor. Which, what? Yeah. Um, then that's actually a good upgrade out of Sparks. If you're... It's something, I mean, the piece could technically be more useful than the NQ. It depends. It's, it's, it's all over the place. But that if it's on the auction house, it's cheap. I mean, it just depends. It could be a quick way up. Depends what you're doing. It's an option. But also at 100 JP, you get uh, the beryllium weapons, which are... Probably definitely an upgrade if you're especially for a dual wield job and you need an offhand. Yeah, and then also the blur no are blurred SU three? No, SU2. they are blurred, I think are SU two. Let's check that. Pretty sure they're SU two. But blurred are actually important, especially for like dual wheel jobs, like you can offhand like a blurred dagger SU2. or something. Yeah. And that's for your TP gain. It's a lot of people ask like what good offhands are and especially intermediate offhands. Well, if you're a DD, you definitely want to hit things as often as possible. So if you have an offhand weapon that uh, that can occasionally... Oh, no, wait, no. SU2 is 100. So yeah, you can wear the blurred at 100. So I didn't even think about the blurred. 
because the plus ones are what you generally want. They're expensive. So especially if you're a bard, actually, getting to 100, you get the Blurred Harp, which is a, harp. a big upgrade for your bard at that point, especially if you're trying to get into stuff. So having a Blurred Harp versus not as a brand new bard, that'd actually be one of the first things I work to if I picked a bard as my first job because it's very group friendly and stuff. That Blurred Harp at 100 JP is super big. And then I'd move on to other stuff and stop CPing. Because see people come as you do stuff, especially if you're doing Odyssey and Shoal Farms. That's a great way, especially just as an early player. You don't have to get into groups to fight NMs. You can just start building up segments and getting free upgrade items for your Unity armor. But especially if you're a bard in this case, you can just join the group. They don't need something fantastic. And do Shoal A with yeah. some new players and get... There's a lot of CP in there on top of the rewards. Yeah, without going too deep into the minutia of like what the best sleeping weapons are or anything... Um, one of the main reasons people want bards, aside from buffing, is for crowd control. And Blurred Harp is probably one of the best crowd control um, instruments in the game. It actually beats out a lot of the, the Remas for what it does. Again, without going too deep into what song potency does and stuff like that. So, I'm curious what it actually costs real quick. Because it should be cheap. The uh, NQ uh, is less than 100k or about 100k. Which is perfectly fine to just immediately pick up and be done. You're definitely going to get the plus one later. This is one of those ones yeah, that you, yeah. you definitely would because it's a big difference for a bard. Yeah, yeah. Don't get stuck on needing the plus one either. Just uh, Once you learn how bard works, a string instrument has a very good AoE on it. It's and five mil. It's not too bad. That's two mil less than I bought mine for. So yeah, it looks like it's going in the right direction. It's not hard to make them at this point. But anyway, yeah. yeah. hundred. I didn't even think about the board. That's good. Good, to, good way to improve the outline. But now we're actually getting into content here at this point. So, I mean, after Sparks, you have the Wildkeeper Reeves, which are, you know, potentially helpful to get you out of Sparks if you're still kind of there. But unless there's a campaign going or you have someone to help you as a solo player in Sparks, you're not going to have a good time. Don't do it. It's going to be a waste of time. Just, <laughs> just skip it. Just die repeatedly over and over again. It is yeah, like, part of the intermediate, though, so it depends. Yeah, feel free to, like, hang out and see if other people are, are going to be doing that particular Wildkeeper Reeve. Um, you'd be surprised who shows up. You can even jump into town and and just yell that the Wildskeeper Eve is up and see who bites. Like, don't worry about the anyone like trolling back or anything. Just put that information out there and then just warp right out if that's your thing. Yeah, that happened yesterday. Someone yelled it. They needed one more person. There was two out of three, which is not a bad way to lure someone in by not asking for 18 people because who wants to come to something that's never going to fill up? It's kind of a turn off of people mentally, even though yeah. it's not a big deal. And I just showed up and just started killing them because why not? But then also our link shell the next day. People that we have in the returning campaign, a bunch of new people picking up out of the concierge, as you do. And they're all teaming up to go try and fight the Wallkeeper Reef together because that is a great way as a new player to go have fun and certainly learn what it feels like to be in early limitations. And then when you get stronger, feel how laughable the limitations you were experiencing that you can't really go back and experience again because you're no longer new. You just can't relive that. Um, it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. And aside from like uh some some intermediate weapons and stuff because people ask what intermediate weapons are you know 115 to 119 weapons i think drop from these uh you also get like these intermediate accessories and you also get access to like jse capes and stuff too yeah. so you you start to learn how to to interact with other people when doing this content but you still kind of have the freedom to do your own thing um if you need to back and out you can use, trust. use your own trusts yeah exactly and then um you, you get these these rewards at the end that you can either use for copper vouchers later, which is great, or you can use it to improve the gear that you already have because, you know, you're doing this with a purpose. You can trade in the stuff to the NPC, the castle gates, the Mithra next to the Leafkin. I forget her name. You can give it to her for free bail too, because if you don't want it, you oh. can just get bailed out of it. Yeah. Same with, your, 
So your bail gear, when you're done with it, weapons and armor, if you have any of it, um, just give that to her too and you'll get some free bail because you can't sell it and you only drop it. So they'll take it back for bail. Yeah, recycle stuff whenever you can. <laughs> Reduce, reuse, suck less. I mean, suck less, suck less, yeah. But yeah, also, if you do a Wildkeeper Reeve, some of the items are really fancy because you can augment them at the NPC. And they may only be 115, but as a new player, that's going to be a lot better, especially with the occasionally attacks twice in your... If you're a dual-wielding job, like a blue or something, and you're offhand early on, it's going to be really awesome early on. And it's going to make you feel super, super powerful compared to how you were, and it's going to be fun. So if you do kill a Wildkeeper Reeve... Because right now there's a campaign going for it. You can get that done. Uh, even if yeah. these people are not fighting it, just yell. The campaign incentivizes them to come do it. Yeah, it's a reduced build cost to enter them, and uh, it also respawns very frequently, too. Lots of blue mages trying to learn specific spells from them, so usually there's someone in there killing. Usually. If not, it's not hard. If, like, if it's not an event server campaign, yeah, server-dependent, but if it's not an event or campaign, then you're going to probably not. It depends. It's all over the place. Anyway, Delve's next, and it's an improvement again. Mm -hmm. And it drops items for upgrading armor, which is swell for newer players trapped for cash. But it requires two people to enter. It's harder than Wildkeeper Reeve by far. And same same thing. Just skip it for now. Come back later, especially during a campaign when it gives you double plasm. That's when people will farm it because they need to do that to get a uh, Idris or Epple Tree for Geo and Rune's weapon. So people will definitely spam those and yell for those occasionally. Or just join your yell because there's an incentive during double plasm. So... That's a good time to do it, so even as a new player. Just keep them on your radar. Don't let it be a sticking point, though. Delve was the... Yeah, they don't get stuck on it, but Delve was some of the first high-end content when uh, 119 first came out. It was the first 119 items and stuff dropping, so it's not... It's hard for a new player, as it was when it first came out, but it's not hard at all for newer players. You could just get carried through, basically, by someone else doing it. Not that I advocate being carried through, but... If you weren't going to do it otherwise, and there's reasons to do it, and you're going to do it anyway, you might as well make some progress. Some of the mechanics for the mobs are, are, are an interesting challenge for newer players to figure out, but because the mechanics aren't anything that they're used to doing, uh, it's a lot harder for a group of new players to kind of team up and do delve, and that's why we're saying just kind of put it on the back burner, or you might get carried a little bit in there, and that's just because there's other experience that goes into doing it aside from just gear. I like getting charmed in yours, too. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah. So, next one, Skirmish. Skip it. Okay, next one, Alluvian Skirmish yeah. <laughs> is going to be, you know, I would think it's the next landing point. It's going to be even better than Delve. Not all pieces, but even better than most Delve pieces. Yes. Um, this is where you start getting into, like, weird augment gear, where, where you can, like, take a base item, and then you can add, you can kind of customize it the way you want. And some jobs will really lean on this, and some jobs... This is not a long enough stopping point to really, you know, stay here and try to try to work it out. Um, there's also other reasons to go into Luvian skirmish, like, like you have on here, like Blue Mage wants to go in because there's other spells they need to learn. You'll find that's a common trend with being able to get people to help. So you a lot out. of Blue Mage in this. Blue Mages, yeah. A lot of times, if you're not the Blue Mage, there will be other Blue Mages interested in it. So don't be afraid of them. They they don't bite often. You know, it's I, I didn't even think about it while doing this, but now reading over this with you, it's almost like having new players as blue mages. Well, you wouldn't want to have everyone being, I'm a blue mage, invite me. I'm, we're all blue mages. You know, you want to have job diversity. But if it's just your job to like get into the game and get things going, 
Um, it's not a bad idea. This is how you get Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, it's not a bad idea to have all these players out there upon a job that's doing content that people generally wouldn't be messing with because they need to actually do it for their job. It's not bad to create a healthy ecosystem of newer players in a job that they're running around doing content for other players. There are lots of reasons to kind of, you know, backpedal. So just identify who's going to do it. And honestly, you could do worse with than having blue mages want to do the content you're doing because they're usually pretty hardy and self-sufficient. Skip the weapons from Alluvian Skirmish, though. Don't get bogged down in them. Don't. All yeah, if you're a Beastmaster, look up why you want it. Otherwise, don't worry about it too much. I mean, the Augment Stones are cheap, too. They're mostly coming from Montrove, and you, everyone... That's another thing you can do as a new player. I don't, There's a lockout time on it, though. You have to look at the wiki. Um, probably people can't just make mules, but every once a month you get a free Mars Orb. Just go in there, click chess. Hopefully you don't get a Mimic and die if you do. Oh, well, maybe you get something useful. Maybe you get some free gill. But otherwise you can Alluvian, also get some Augment Stone. Alluvian Skirmish is the reason why I don't actually advocate people be Beastmasters in particular. Because a lot of people will see Beastmaster and go, hey, I'm going to start out on this job. Looks like it's easy to progress through. Um, but pup two, yeah, I guess pup two. But uh, from my experience directly, though, Beastmaster really wants a lot of Illuvian skirmish gear, and it's a place where you can really get stuck because it's kind of your intermediate progression. Like you get to like one nineteen, and then you need all of these pieces, and like they're still somewhat useful later, even though you can like move past them. But you're gonna have a hard time moving past this phase on that job in particular. So I just kind of uh, well, wanted to give a warning for that. With how they've made Beastmaster now, and with the ambuscade weapon, if you had a Kaja axe as a new Beastmaster and no particular pet gear, and you're using a slug for defense and attack down, could you still not have a good amount of success being a Beastmaster that's focusing on the master with a support debuff buff roll? as the pet and not not having that pet here won't be the end of the world there. I mean, I'm going to say yes through clenched teeth, but you, you, you can do something for a party like that. That's absolutely true, but it's not something like you're, you're kind of doing your yourself a disservice later on by only filling that one particular. Well, yeah, I guess you, you could get by. Yeah. You could, you, you could at least break into it and go back later and have, yeah, just, just don't get stuck in that mentality that because it worked that one time, it's okay going forward to only. Be yes. Uh, I'm not saying to bad. make it a habit. It's just, you kind of made it sound like you get stuck there. And while that's very plausible, I'm saying if you could get around it by going to ambuscade and getting the, you know, Kaja weapon, maybe the dull Kenneth, if you get the pulse somehow, um, that would be, you know, you sh- you'd be in the game there at least to go back. Yeah. The only reason I'm being anal about it, because I know that's what you, that wasn't what you were saying. The only reason I'm being anal about it is like people will hear that and go, oh, well, I can just do this and then just call it a day, and, you know, hit back and play something else on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. You, know, you seem to, after that Simon thing yesterday with Odyssey, you seem to have a particularly sensitive spot for Beast lately. Um, it's just because it's been getting brought up more, I guess. Because, because it's I, getting always, bandwagon now, and you don't want super bad beasts everywhere to give it a terrible name again, so people don't want to play yes, it. Yes, actually, uh, I, I wanted people to play Beastmaster to find out how good it is, but if it does start getting bandwagoned or anything like that, because it's on the cusp of it being the case, um, I don't want a bunch of bad Beastmasters running around, because then that can actively undo all the work that the, certain people in the community and even SE has put into making the job viable again. So Kind of like Summoner. Yeah. Because we use Summoner effectively as it's intended, as you do. And I think Summoner gives a little more to it still, but it provides enough. Especially Odyssey is what really makes Summoner great because when you take away the sub jobs, you lose all these options and reasons you wouldn't take Summoner and Geo's nerfed into the ground. When you have those things going on, it really makes the job shine again. 
I can't remember the last time a summoner in our group used conduit. Yeah, it's just not not important. Yep. I mean, if it was like it's really short too. So if it was longer to use more buffs or something in a window or to heal more or something in a window, I mean, I could see it. But otherwise, it's just pretty much an offensive sort of. To be honest, like if your summoner is buffing your fight, you can actually just conduit your buffs at the very start. Yeah, yeah, that'd be probably the best use of it. But still, I know with prior summon time and stuff. Well, with prior summoners in our group, and I'm surprised I didn't think to recommend this back then, um, they kind of complained that they had a timer and it was difficult to pre-buff before NMs, like in the tier threes and stuff. And honestly, if you just uh, if you aren't planning on doing like any kind of conduit strat that requires damage, which you shouldn't, because you can't in there too, because it's nerfed. Yeah, um, you might as well use conduit to dump all your buffs right at the start and save your party some time so they don't have to wait 21 seconds between every action. Woo! Look at us. Woo-hoo. There's also benefits to it in your job points. So yeah, Alluvian Skirmish is most important to pet jobs. Um, but anyway, the real draw here is Ambuscade. So yep. the, the NQ armor is your next stop. All you need to get your hands from Total Hallmarks is to defeat a single Volume 2 on easy <laughs> solo with Trust, which is, which is level 114 content. So at 119 with a basic weapon and depending... I mean, the version two is going to have a gimmick. There might be ads. I can't. And I can't say it's going to be a cakewalk. Some will be a cakewalk. Some will be what the hell just happened? Why can't I do this? Why am I losing? Because they add mechanics that they force you to do in V two, especially. It's kind of like their little. I guess the devs put a lot of their dev resources into making nonsense because they get some sort of kick yeah. out of they, these fights. Sometimes they. I don't know why they're putting so much effort into them because no one does the volume twos because they ruin that. So uh, it's it's it's. I think it's mostly for new players. Maybe is why they're doing it because Volume Two is for new players. Well, the Six Memorials that's out right now is actually one of the newer ones that they've produced. That's Volume One. Well, yeah, it's Volume One. I'm just saying it's not always just Volume Two, but most of the time it will be Volume. So yeah, do a single Volume Two on easy. Otherwise, if it's if you're having trouble with that, it's 109 for very easy. Two very easies will get you your first piece, and then you should be able to do easy. But, oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know why I was thinking volume volume one for easy, but well, yeah. it, well, I have it right here too. Um, so volume uh, volume two ve is one hundred nine, e is one fourteen, and n is one nineteen. You don't want to go past n because volume no. one ve is one nineteen and equal points, so there'd be no reason to go past it. Yeah, because once and- you go. To volume one and easy, that's 124, and it gives double the points of volume two VD, which is 129. So 124 content is giving you double the points and easy volume one at lower level than VD volume two, which is going to be a lot harder. Yeah, you just do that one for the challenge, not for anything else. That's for a Beastmaster solo video, and with a Z, not an S. Yeah, that would be something he does. He's made like a million of them. But yeah, Ambuscade is something that you don't tend to um, grow out of. Like, It's not like in a, a content that you progress through like we've kind of treated a lot of these other ones. Um, you'll spend quite a bit of time um, getting better and better armor. It is endgame. It's considered endgame, especially on the VD difficulties once you get there. Um, in Volume 1, that is. And then um, you'll you'll also like get quite a good amount of income slash being able to start working towards saving up for your Remo weapons. Um, with the currencies that are in here, along with like you know building more uh, cape accessories, that sort of thing. This would be, I think, the proper way to start working on your 
ultimate weapon without actually stopping to work on it. I mean, yeah, you could sell this to get armor and stuff, but it wouldn't hurt to start keeping like heavy metal play. Like, you pick one. You wouldn't, you know, you'd sell the Alexandrite and the Bailed and stuff, and you'd keep the heavy yep. metal plates. Or, you know, if you're going for like a dagger, you'd keep the uh the Rift Truss and sell the Cinder. You know, stuff like that. You can you can still make one while selling the other stuff there. But yeah, a lot, I think a lot of times That's new, what I do. Yeah, that's what I do too. A lot of times newer players have trouble with the fact that they are only ready for N, but N gives less points and they really want to do V D. So <laughs> they you know, if you're on a white mage that might work, but it doesn't work for most people. Yeah, it's it's not worth it to try to overextend yourself because even if you can clear like one VD out of so many attempts, you know, um, unless you can clear VD consistently, you're better off just spamming a lower version because you'll probably get more points over time doing it that way rather than getting zero for failing. Okay, Fox, we're going to have to have an intermission here. Carrot wants to go to bed because we started late and it is like one in the morning and she has to go to bed. So I'm going to move this to the... Uh... The room out there. Just don't say anything, and then I'll cut all the silence out. So through the magic of editing? The magic of editing, I shall now move the podcast. Sweet. All right, man. Okay, fuck. One sec. Jeez, princess. So just to clarify, I oh. I uh, checked on the way of the exchange here, because I have to, you know, pick everything up, take the mic, re-screw it to the table, stuff like that. It is 117 balloons for the balloon arch. I have been corrected there because at first I was told 40 and now it's 117. So I'm going to say that's not going to happen. 117 balloons, my ass. It's a very weird number, but I did. Well, yeah, it's not even a round number, you know? No, I don't think that's a prime number though. (laughs) You want to check? Well, Um, no, because seven plus one plus one is nine. So divided by three, it shouldn't be a prime number. I don't ask me. I'm still looking at this full English breakfast movie poster that you posted in the Abject Trash channel. Yeah. So one of, ugh, one of the easy ways to find out if a number is prime is if you add up all the digits. Or, or not prime, but if it's divisible by like three is if you add up all the digits. And if that number at the end is divisible by three, it's usually um, it's going to be divisible by three overall. It's like a w- really weird thing in numbers. But no, it's not a prime number. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, man. It helps everyone. So, um, once you're better geared, uh, spamming and, like, uh, you can call it Spambuscade, but doing Ambuscade over and over and spamming it is a great way to make gill. It's how most people make a lot of their gill, unless they, you just, know, do other things. Yeah, just don't focus on that first. Yes, it's to get you yeah, moving in the right direction. Yeah, the, the, the capes and the armor are strong, and you'll often spend quite a bit of your points just trying to make sure that you buy these things out until you have all of the ones that you need. And then once you have all that done, try to, you know, start filtering it into gear or even saving some of it towards, you know, a, a certain weapon that you want, liquidating it otherwise, you know, that sort of deal. So here's also a super important one, too. Do not upgrade your NQ armor to plus one with your uh, Abdalius uh, fibers and metals. You only get 10 a month, basically. You get five from uh, Gallantry or whatever. Uh, and you basically get enough for that. You get twenty. You get enough to plus two two pieces of gear. It's ten for each one. So you can upgrade two pieces of gear for ambuscade to plus two out of the five. And there's a set. There's like ten different sets. So you, you, it's going to take you quite a long time. Do not use them going from NQ to plus one. It is yes, just don't someone. Do it. 
someone in the what the fuck ls was actually um soloing uh v2 like like you were saying before and that they were talking about how they're they're finally upgrading their armor to plus one and everything and i was like well just i, I told him the exact same thing i was like just don't uh don't take your your nq to plus one just wait for the vouchers to rotate because they rotate every month like uh, you'll get the plus one version um, of one set one month and the plus one version of another half of the set the other month and you'll actually see these as you as you go from month to month in the game um, but yeah just definitely don't uh, don't don't use those to upgrade because you want to use them for plus twos yep it is probably the easiest pitfall to fall into and since it is i mean you can make one ambuscade weapon a month I mean, these are severe time gates. Like, at a certain point when you play long enough like we have, it's not a big deal. We want a new weapon, it's we just go make it because we didn't make a different weapon that month or the month before, but we have access to it. But upgrading for the first time, it's going to take you a while to do this. So while you're getting certain plus twos, like if you're a Dragoon or something or a Warrior, getting the Flama Head plus two or the Flama Feet plus two, the Dra- Warrior has other options, but for Dragoon, those are lifetime pieces. Yeah, it's huge for Dark Knight also. Yeah, I mean, those are the ones you'd focus on first for those kind of jobs. you got to prioritize at this point, because sure, the Flama body is nifty as a placeholder, or it has a good amount of subtle blow, which is actually kind of fancy, but it's not something you want to upgrade to plus two unless you have nothing else to upgrade, because eventually it's kind of free to upgrade. Because total gallantry is the items you can upgrade with. Yeah, and that's just doing lots of bamboo, and you're just helping yourself the more that you do. So go do your ambuscade. I mean, there's not there's not too much else on it. I mean, it's big content. Sure yeah, it's it's big content and it's long content. Like I've been doing ambuscades since I came back to the game, and um, only recently have I slowed down on it. But it's really just because I don't have other people who are doing it with me, and I do VD. Um, does not mean a new player is in the same boat. Um, you should be doing ambuscade regularly. I've already made all the the armor and stuff. Like this is something you absolutely should do. Don't be ashamed to do D. I mean, some months D is, yeah. you know, depending on the mechanics of the jobs you have, you're not going to be doing VD. Even sometimes I, you know, I don't not do VD, but I, I could definitely see it where if I wasn't playing with Fox or something, uh, then yeah. It's been in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you try to pick up group some of these just because of the <laughs> amount of yep. coordination you have to have between the players. It's not always a matter of gear. But there's like two dozen different fights, so I mean... It it's not like we can speak to all of them at once. Yeah, yeah. Just mention it, research it as you do it. Um, know what you want to upgrade. Like have a plan each month based on what comes out, and then just kind of stick to that plan and just make sure it gets done. Um, you get to play your job. You get to have you know fun playing content, and you also get to uh, continue to to get better stuff. So it's all win. I mean, dirty little secret. I generally don't have a plan. I'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna pick. <laughs> The flama head and feet because they're really they're like oh it's in all the sets in the guide here so there you go pick it it at least has some value you can if you can look at it and see it has value and you see it's in other sets then you're on the right track there's your plan but next one obero oh obero uh the weapons obero provides are actually pretty good overall um i know there's some that you don't like like the uh, blue mage one yes do not waste time and money on the blue mage one but definitely I mean, early on, there's a place for it. I just don't think it's a good use of resources. But definitely, Paladin's amazing. Pop's amazing. Um, even if like Summoner. you went with our advice earlier and like pick Dancer or something, um, Polyhymna is actually a good Dancer offhand until you can get other things. Yep. Definitely still, especially if, like, if you don't have Kaja yet and you have this, you have a much better combination than 
eminence weapon and homestead or anything else you're picking up before domain invasion or maybe you save those domain invasion points because you want the other items first it's up to you but it's it's progression mm -hmm. and yeah the, i mean there's even like you like you kind of mentioned though like there's jobs like paladin puppet master uh those jobs you actually want that that weapon or that shield in paladin's case uh, because it is one of the best things that you can actually use given the situation you're in I'm a pup with R14 now. I've got R14 right before we went to do our CP the other day, Kinkonkin, and I still use the Ober weapon on pup because there is no other pet weapon that has haste like that, especially haste and 70 accuracy for the pet. That's nice. Yeah, it's pretty big. Uh, Beastmaster's in the same boat. Um, Arctoy is always good um, and will always provide solid buffs overall. Um, and it is uh, one of the few weapons that actually has like plus five killer effects. So like, again, if you're following any kind of Beastmaster part of this, I can tell you that you want to pick up Arctoy. I mean, I could probably comment on every one of these weapons. I still use a tier on like... Rune. It's not as often yeah. as I have Apple Tree, but I still use a tier on Rune over Apple Tree at times. And if I didn't have Apple Tree, um, a lot of the fights I do, it's perfectly acceptable and sometimes superior. Yeah, if I was in a situation like, let's say I was tanking um, Embos, um, I would never tank embos in an EPO. Yeah, there'd be no reason, no reason to. to. Yeah, it, yeah. It, frankly, you could even potentially just use the the stupid yeah, uh, malignant sword at that point. But either way, a tier would be the first go to. Yeah, keep your keep your options open. Know why you're getting these weapons. Uh, don't just like go get the Aboro weapon or or Donna even just forever. skip the Aboro weapon. Um, just because you think you have something better. Um, just look at what it does. Yeah, Dunna is irreplaceable for Geo. That that I don't talk about best in slots very often, but it literally is. It's the only one you can awesome. use. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you're using what Napoleon Bell, um, which is um, like still Geomancy plus five. There's does no alternative. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'll as far as Geomancy um, plus is concerned, it's equivalent to Dunna, but it doesn't give you all these other free stats. So um, you you want to get Dunna. It's uh, it's very good. So yeah, don't just overlook these things though. Like research your Oboro weapon and see if it's actually useful for your job. They are in all. Um, so macrocosmic weapon. So Oboro came after uh, Ambuscade too because at this point you could definitely get back into Delve and Oboro uses a Delve item to you know make his uh, items there. And I guess it'd be a good time to say too if you're in Delve and new and don't have Rune Fencer level as a sub, then that's a very good sub for Delve NMs, especially the the ice line you got to fight for it Subarune is super helpful to make it a manageable or easy fight versus getting your ass kicked by tp moves also you kind of want to borrow further down on this list too because unless you have the scintillating rhapsody from beating rhapsodies of Benadil, you'll only get like the base version of this weapon you won't be able to get the augmented version um, that makes it much much better true but i mean rov came at non-progression up there so I know, I know, but I mean, yeah. it's still something you should work on throughout. So I mean, you still want it by this point this. anyway. But yeah, you're right. You can't augment it without it. I yeah, because I mean, unless because you aren't beating ROV, unless the final boss of ROV on a a new on a like a, as a new player, you aren't going to beat that alone. Um, unless you have just some ridiculous, ridiculous gear that you should not have, um, or if you have, unless you have someone like carrying you, um, you could team up with people like who are around your same level, um you know, and, and experience and be able to get it done. And it'd be a really fun fight doing it that That's way. It's very fun. Yeah, it's very fun. I, I would suggest doing it that way, actually. Uh, but I, you, you want it further down on this list because you want to be prepared. Like you want at least some ambuscade armor going into it and stuff, because uh, the, the fight is actually very rough if you're not cheesing it with other, with outside assistance. 
And I know it's not on here, but it just comes to mind. Get comfortable with losing. Like Fox and I, if you saw how many times we've been losing these Odyssey fights, we're losing most of them until we iron our strategy out. So get used to losing and don't hate losing. Sometimes losing is very annoying and you get discouraged when you lose because you don't see any improvement coming. You're not getting any ideas. You just kind of feel like you're spinning your wheels. But don't feel bad to lose a few times and... You know, if you're at the point where you're losing for no point, then yeah, I could see it. But just don't get upset to lose because people get that attitude and it's very odd. You see it on auction house all the time. I don't want to try these Odyssey strategies because I get one microphone. Losing, losing just in general is one of the most powerful ways that you can learn as long as you have enough self-reflection to be able to see what had happened and try to draw you know reasonable conclusions on how you can get past it. Um, it, it's incredibly important to fail at things. Just look uh, in the mirror. That. Yeah. Look in the mirror, look at all those problems, and then go, I'm not that great. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, it'll be okay at the end. And that is not what I do, but uh, Carrots uh, pulled that look at all these problems when she said, hey, look in the mirror. Look <laughs> at all these problems. Of course. Yes, that's where that line comes from. It's very good. But yes, next on here I have macrocosmic orbs. Microcosmic are not really worth mentioning. There's a couple niche pieces in there, like the Kasiri belt or something, but nothing. It's all like old eye-level items that aren't even 119, and they're not, you know, whatever. But macrocosmic orbs are for getting rem's tails, and that's the next big hurdle, especially Chapter 2 bodies people seem to have trouble with. Yeah, so this is where you're going to focus, a, you know, like Ambuscade, actually, you're, you're going to focus a lot more on the strategy you're approaching the fight. And it's not even going to be super deep or anything. It's just you're going to identify, hey, maybe I should kill these in a certain order. Maybe I should sleep them. Or sleep them or be prepared to die in a safe place if maybe I'm not ready for it or anything. Like, don't just think that you can just try to Hulk smash things. Like, don't get into that that terrible, terrible mindset that people will try to do. I like, too, that with Odyssey, SE's deliberately throwing a wrench in the face anyone who tries to just run up overpower everything and then just leave because even after when we get even stronger these odyssey nms you're still going to have to approach them in a specific way because they're only taking specific damage types reasonably or you have to do the mechanics to proc them or you lose i think that's really nice that they're deliberately standing in the face of get strong kill it dead you know that's yeah i remember how awful an experience it was uh, when i had our group uh, brute force the v5 ongo that was terrible i was not there for that yeah that was that was bad uh yeah our clear of uh of ongo because our, our group wasn't really set up magically inclined to take care of it i guess is the best way to put it um we actually just straight up brute forced that fight until it was dead and it, it is not conducive to brute forcing and then when he didn't brute force it it was easy yeah right ongo also felt like the easiest one even easier than Mabos. yeah as long as you don't fuck up as long as you have a black mage and someone making skill change, it doesn't have to be a ninja. Could be could be a dragoon, but it's way well, to use. Uh, oh, it's just magic. You could use a dragoon there. Anyway, you know. So part of macrocosmics getting on the path of one hundred nine armor to one nineteen plus one and then plus two three later on in omen divergence. Eventually, Empyrean. They said hopefully by the end of the year. So sometime next year. By the end of the year. Sometime in the middle of next year, maybe the end of next year, Imperium plus two and three will be a thing, which is good because a lot of those pieces have become very marginalized over the years. Some still shine, uh, stand there and, and shine, stand out, is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of them will be absolutely amazing if they can get plus two and three, especially for pet jobs. Oh, yeah. Puppet Master's head comes to mind, especially. 
Yeah, so just make sure you're working on these things. So really, just upgrade all your GS, JSC as you go. Your job-specific equipment will be your artifact, relic, and Imperial gear. Um, you'll you'll constantly have access to, to the content. Um, it's very rarely gated. I mean, the, the most gated one, I would say, is probably Omen. Um, and you'll probably want groups to go in with that. Uh, but that's just something that you can work on, you know, over time. Uh, but just make sure you're always working on on getting those as, as high levels as they can. Um, even if your Empyrean doesn't look like it's the best, um, there are ways to be able to uh, to clear that um, clear that content. I don't know if we we're ready to move on to the beggary section yet, but um, just just make sure that that's up to snuff because you you don't know when those new upgrades will come down the line, and you'll really wish that it was done so you have access to be able to join that content when you're ready. Yeah, but I mean, by this point, after Macrocosmics, Obero, Ambuscade. You know, you're moving on to the point of original high tier battlefields. You're kind of probably maybe at plus one ambuscade at this point too. Maybe you've been able to move into some Esha at this point, but uh, you know, you're ready for things like getting a Ginson for an ammo, which is nice, unless you buy an NQ or Gelmir orb or something like that. I mean, those are just you could skip that, but that's just an example of pieces. Yeah, I mean, Koisty Patar. <laughs> you're not getting that yet. There's no accuracy on that too for a new player. It's a pretty big true. difference. But, yeah, high-tier battlefields are a good starting point for a lot of jobs, a lot of intermediate gear in there, too. I mean, you'll want to fight them on D, because if you fight them on N or lower, the drop rate kind of sucks. But honestly, this is reaching, starting to get to the territory where you can group up and do D. Don't do VD. There's no point unless you're trying to farm boxes during a campaign or something. I wouldn't. Don't ever do VD. There's no more. Pushing yourself to the drop rate's not higher on VD. It'd be more for like a challenger scene if you can do it. Just spam what's manageable. Yeah, but uh, Tenzin's a good one to start with. You get the battle cascaders and the Ginsen and the potentially a bow if you were messing around. I don't, I don't know they about bows, but um, the magic burst necklace. But that's yeah, Mizukagi no whatever. Yeah, I don't know if a magic burst necklace for a player at this point is really going to be something that they're kind of aiming for. But nonetheless, it's just an example. Yeah, just to keep that in mind, because this is where you're going to start picking up like the little pieces that, that round out your set. Like none of these were meant to be used like full time or anything. And some of the pieces are just kind of dated. So, again, do your yeah. research. But, yeah, you'll you'll be able to like pick and choose things that will help round it out. And that's where you're kind of moving into this territory of being able to, to move your sets into more specialized sets. One to be feared, a uh, Sessence Earring would be a really good upgrade for a lot of people. And the hand to hand, if you're a monk or pup, is cool there. That Colossal Blow is actually really funny when you're. Uh, just spam killing things in Ruan or Zatar or something from the uh, the Denimo. Yeah, there's a lot of fights there. I've never seen it actually. Yeah, it um it basically reduces them to critical HP. I know that. Just never seen. Yeah, added added effect like 11k damage. It's really funny. <laughs> this is like a one or two percent proc or something. It's it's pretty low. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Vagary. Um, Vagary, unless you're on Azura and Beastmaster shouts, you know, just helping people with clears, it can be hard to build the group for that. But what's overlooked and just just nobody ever really focuses on it is you if you've beaten this is a, an example of why you should clear a Doolin content. If you've actually beaten um, a Doolin and that that storyline, you can actually go into the individual fights that will help you unlock your Imperium uh, Imperium plus one uh, upgrades. So that's generally the reason why you want to do Vagary is it allows you to progress a certain kind of your JSE further. And um, you can actually just go in and without the hassle of the uh, the zone mechanics and stuff that, that can be very particular on your setup, 
uh, you can just go in and just individually kill the bosses and it can be a lot more reachable for for newer people especially if you're on like a lower population server yeah that'll be the way if you need a particular plus one piece of empyrean before it eventually gets reforged this will be a big topic later on in a year when it's reforged but those are the way to go do it if you i mean if you group up with three people and you do all the requirements to pop them and this and that you need certain jobs and this and that if you have that that's good because the roe objective every week it resets to and it's a pretty big deal because like a dark matter is at least still worth a mil and need it for upgrading anyway so you're going to have the mob drop it plus everyone gets one from the roe and that's for every mob does that so it's a bit of a reward especially in gil but if you don't sometimes and just clear, it'll drop multiples yeah it'll drop more than one sometimes well, I'm saying the ROE at least gives everyone one. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But it, it's lucrative for your group. Like, a lot of times people will want to go on vagary runs. Uh, again, especially blue mages, because they want to learn spells. Yeah, if honestly, if someone in the link shell said, can we go do vagary, and someone else like you or someone that's abject, anyone else said, yeah, let's go do it. Fucking cat. Did you just fall down some stairs? No, <laughs> the cat just jumped into the blinds. And now he's oh, meowing. Like, oh, no one saw that. Oh, man. Amazing journey that cat's on. Yes, he just ate, so now he's he's on the the hunt and play portion. Boy. Um, anyway. <laughs> Pardon the, the cat. Anyway, yeah, so I was saying if, if you did that, I'd definitely go. I would fly those ROEs. I need items to upgrade still, and it saves me a shit ton of gill I can then spend on stuff that I haven't... I haven't bought none of the Gluttie set yet, because if I'm not augmenting it yet, I'm not really buying it or caring. Yeah, and those ROE objectives being repeatable are actually really beneficial for Vagary runs in particular, because those new people can, can actually still incentivize existing players to want to go back in week over week. And uh, they'll be able to get those free drops and everything. So a lot of times people will go on these runs with you. And as long as you have, I mean, a black mage or a blue mage or something, something that's skill chain that's not going to kill the mob, something to nuke it like a blue or a black or a scholar, as long as you have that, the mobs aren't terribly hard as long as you... If you run in malignance, you're going to kill that mob as long as you're not being dumb. Yeah. But if you don't yeah, have malignance... Even, even the hardest dudes, um, you can actually just like roll in and, and just kill actually like it's better to do the fight the way it was intended a lot of times it's going to be faster but people you, you can actually just strike straight at murder pluton like with weapon skills and stuff just don't skill chain the bg pages for the vagary mods in particular since i yeah, yeah. went on the path to solo them all on blue i put all the information i could find in there so you should have everything needed information wise to approach that because, again, be familiar with looking things up, and uh, it'll be a lot easier road for you. So right around the time of Vagary, uh, potentially before, potentially after, potentially with, is Esha. And that gear will definitely get you a leg up over Vagary to get clears if you need them, gill, whatever you're doing there. Some items are still important. Uh, there's the... Before you get the other spawn option rate belt from Domain Invasion, which is nicer, there's the one from Patroxia, drops a spawn option rate belt. There's the pet belt. I think there's that also the refresh and feebling head for a while for different jobs. Uh, all, all decent stuff. The earring for shooting. And I also still use the, the fast cast HP magic damage taken earring from Pluton. Yeah, I think I still use the enervating earring uh, for shooting, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good earring. I think it was like store TP and seven range. It's, it's a good earring. I don't yeah. think it's going to be replaced anytime soon. But you never. I can't say that because they'll do something weird in the next. Yeah, time. and then it'll get replaced, and it's like, well, that video didn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
But yeah, Esha is a big zone to cover. It's also where you get your Aeonic weapon, which is honestly, depending on your group, I think an Aeonic's easier than and cheaper than a, a Relic. It just depends on the weapon, depends on your group. And really, you say cheaper because sometimes you just buy the pops for things. Um, you could honestly just farm everything, but how realistic that is is going to vary depending on the group. Yeah, you're not realistically gardening up a worm mulch. He's still running. A worm mulch in it's, your mod garden. It's still good, though, to flag the Aeonic. You have an, you have an idea that you'd want, um, and you'll, you'll learn about that process when you look it up and everything. But just flag the Aeonic and just passively work on it if it's not something that, that you know, you're, you're already at the stage that you feel you need. Um, but just passively work on it. You'll get clears as you go sort of deal. Um, don't get stuck on the Aeonic, just like you don't want to get stuck on any other piece of gear. So in general, the NMs, especially the Tier 1s, is what in particular I'm talking about, and Esha's Ata are a lot easier than like the Tier 1s that give generally superior, I don't know as much that lasts the test of time, between Tier 1's Ata to Tier 1 Ryzen Jima um, gear, and you should be able to at least, whether it's early on getting the Rawhide set, or I think even like the the headpiece and stuff for White Mage, the uh, what's that set? The, Vanya. Yeah, the Vanya. I think some of that's still the same set time. But as a new player, some of that gear is going to be the most important. Like if you're a White Mage, you want your Imperian pants so you don't run MP constantly while carrying. But the Vanya head's important. And, the Vanya feet are important too. You know, some of that early stuff for Pop and Beast in there. So yeah, there's a lot of gear that, that kind of gets overlooked at, at the, the 119 level of just basic issues at all. Uh, but just kind of keep in mind that um, there are like macros or abilities or something that, that some of this, this stuff can be really useful for. Um, so just, again, it's another thing to keep on your radar, but you aren't going to like build a five out of five set at this point. Yeah. But you can you can reasonably attack the gear. Though, between between Ambuscade and Esha's Ata, I think you could build enough of a cohesive set that Esha's Ata would be your last stopping point before breaking into final endgame gear that you're going to be carrying around. You know, because at that point you can go and get your objuration gear from Esha, uh, Ruan, and then a lot of that is endgame gear. Not all of it, but a lot of it is. And then from that, you know, even before that you can do your tier one Rising Jima at a certain point between that those two things. It just depends. Yeah. And that's endgame, endgame gear before you get into min-maxing and, you know, eventually high-tier Battlefield 2s which we'll get into in a second, but that's, you know, there's a lot of gear there, can't go over it all, but this is going to be your last stopping to final jumping into point. Yeah, you'll start to roll into um, what was, uh, after this point, you'll, you'll roll into not only endgame at the upper levels of, of Esha, or like old endgame, I guess I'll call it, um, that's still relevantly endgame to a lot of people. Um, and then you'll roll into Omen as well, which is, I think, our next stop, uh, where, you know, doing Omen with a group teaches you a lot more group cohesiveness and it, uh, it <laughs> improves your uh, your artifact gear. So right now we're in a card farm still, uh, or just started, or we're in the middle of one, whatever it is. Uh, so you get extra cards, which you need to upgrade your AF to two and three. Two being very easy to get, three being something that's a little more difficult. That means a lot of yell groups for it, which generally have certain requirements, as Fox reminded me while we were making this. Uh, but it's yeah. going to be a lot of people running around trying to do different objectives in the zone, and it's obviously fun. But And whether you join this as a group or whether you solo it is really going to be up to you and what you want to get out of the experience. Um, when you first start out, I 100% recommend doing it in a group. Don't try to solo this just right off the bat because you'll have really, really middling results. 
you want to be fairly well geared to solo um, to just be able to clear the floors in time and get a good rhythm down because you really want to experience the content first and get used to how a group approaches it so you can formulate your own strategy on how to approach it. And it's also a good chance to learn different things. Like when they ask for a five-step skill chain, I mean, it's good to know how to make one because you've probably never had to make one before to this point. So you can either spam a low and edge with daggers or you could use shining, red lotus blade, shining, red lotus blade or whatever. I mean, that'll that'll do it. Oh, yeah. And also... This will be your first time to be the guy that actually understands how to do this because most people won't. <laughs> All those tips about learning out, uh, learning to start out by forming good skill chain habits, you know, strong understanding of how it works. Now is your time to shine and, and be the guy. So if you look at the thief guide, if you're a thief, for example, a lot of pieces in the middling set I have there are plus two and uh, omen gear from AF because one, they're good. You use the plus three after that. But it's a lot easier and cheaper, frankly. It it costs a bunch of gill to make the plus three. You gotta buy all those. You gotta spend several mil, was it like three and a quarter mil or so just to get each one from the NPC, the the stupid NPC only items for crafting you're gonna buy. Oh at plus three, yes. Yeah, and a lot of them aren't worth they're just macro pieces or you'll make them later. I mean, if if you're a pup and you make the plus two feet for the extra repair removal effect. Do you really need to go immediately before getting all your gear done and spending, you know, three and a half mil on getting one more effect removed? Is that really going to change your your gameplay there versus, you know, buying other gear you need? And honestly, like the plus two set is is fairly inexpensive. It's fairly reasonable to get like card wise and because it requires a very small amount of cards compared to the plus three. So you're, you're not really it's not really super efficient doing plus threes. It's better to get like a full set of plus two. I think it's 10 for um, body plus two and like yeah. 50 for body plus three. Yeah. And then with the set bonuses, a lot of times, especially for melee jobs, um, being able to wear this is like a set bonus. And I don't advocate five of fives very often. And honestly, you probably shouldn't wear the set five of five. But at least it's an it's an option to where you can wear the set bonus and get like a, a higher amount of accuracy than you're used to. It's a big uh, this deal. Is one of the yeah, this is one of your first big accuracy pushes to be able to contribute to higher level content. I mean, uh, you'll you'll want you know better options later, but at least this is the starting point for you being able to build like the real serious high accuracy sets. Some remain the best, like on Dragoon. I'll use yeah. the Regal Ring and the plus three body, and that's you know good accuracy swap in for not losing much damage at all. Yep. But I mean, at least you get to experience the fun of the bosses and this would be a good time to start seeing how se switched to mechanics you can see the game's history if you play through it like this if, you, yeah, if you're observant enough when mechanics and gimmicks outside of ambuscade became a real big deal for things like foo absorbing all your buffs and murdering you if you don't do it right or uh kyo or whatever uh q um, oh with the with the regen so and shield no 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 that would uh q is okay. um yeah, K is. Oh, is, you're saying Q? That's the, that's the enfeeble one. Yeah, that's the one that has N enfeeble on uh, it. So you're constantly getting enfeebled every time it hits you. Faltering, petrify. I still, I still have this really awesome meme from when I was helping a uh, a group do uh, do their first like Koyu or whatever, and uh, I was there on Bard just so that I I would be like showing them how to do it rather than the one killing it, you know. And uh, I made this meme of uh, a Final Fantasy one where like everyone in party is dead. And Kuyu's the boss that, that you're fighting, and I'm just like the sad crying bard picture. It's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, that's Omen. But then high tier battlefield twos are fun because that's the thing everyone shouts to Merc or buy because it's really important gear. Yeah. 
and uh, it's challenging for, by this point. It's a lot different from the original high tier battlefields. It is challenging. You have to go into it with with a lot of sense. And they're not all equal either. Um, there's a lot of them where your best return is really doing it on VD and making sure your group is set up to do it. Um, the requirements for VD matters. Yes, VD absolutely this matters different uh, on most of these. And um, but just because it's VD doesn't mean you need the highest end gear. Like you, know, you don't need like R15 weapons and stuff to kill it. Um, your not even sure not doesn't miles tanking Odin. Yeah, pretty much. You just have to make sure that, that you look up the fight, you you understand the strat, and you, and you know like, why you're you're going for it. But you should have enough gear if you reach this point Fox. to where you can positively contribute. Fox, I said it. I said pop tanked Odin. I said it. I know, man. Pop's not a tank, but it does hold Odin, and that's just colloquial tanking. I don't want anyone to get... I know it's going to come up if I don't clarify that Pop is not a tank, and therefore it's holding we've, the mob. We've been, over, we've been over design versus purpose so many times, especially in regards to tank, that I'm just over the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so Lilith is different. It has different drop mechanics. Yes. You can do it on very easy and easy, which makes it very appealing for new players, although you still need strategy, and you need to be ready for that point, but... Getting if you can wear Lilith's malignant gear, it's not like it's the best set for everything. But if you use the set appropriately or in the right way, not all. I mean, anyway, without getting lost in the weeds, there it so is in, incredibly important to get that. So, yeah, you'll you'll die far less often. Um, it's it's a really good DT set um, that also offers a lot of magic evasion, has a lot of accuracy, a lot of store TP. Um, you don't always just five of five it like he's saying. Um, there's a lot of situations where people just like five of five it and call it their DT set. Um, you do want to mix and match for the best results, and this is where you know you've you've added enough gear to your sets to understand where some of these pieces are going to be better in some situations for those slots, and you just now have a, a powerful amount of, of pieces that you can splice into whatever you're trying to do. Uh, so it adds a lot of utility and, and makes your 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 set stronger and more broad because. Um, there's just like a lot of high value pieces in each slot here. This is the point in the game where if you wear malignants while you're fighting something that's, you know, crippling you with status ailments, this is the first time players actually, by far and large, they didn't really have these options before. They were certainly on pieces that had like no offensive value, like Pinga on blue or Telchin augmented with yeah. more magic evasion. It was the first time you could finally now actually start evading ailments or not getting nuked for tons of damage and it was a big deal it's still a big deal obviously but yeah lilith gear and then relic plus three was generally your go-to when you wanted magic evasion and relic plus three is usually not even that good for magic evasion it's pretty medium yeah lilith's malignant gear it's still to this day obviously because it's not that old uh is still by far the greatest magic evasion gear 26 magic evasion on hands. oh shut up with the acro hands on dragoon 26 magic yeah, evasion You'll start to realize how important these numbers are and why you're integrating these things into these sets, but you've built enough sets by this point where you're doing this content to where you'll you'll actually know more about why you're using it. Well, generally, because you see a lot of people just get their job, burn it up, cap CP by paying someone, and they just buy the Lilith yeah. gear for like 50 mil or something ridiculously overpriced, and then they run around in full malignance gear everywhere, and then you can tell who these people are. Yeah, they'll be the really bad person in your party. <laughs> they stand up. And by Lilith, you're expected to have a DT set. So if you're not using, if you're not using all your login points for savory skanks to get your your skanky D ring, then you should be. Otherwise, you could just get Beastman seals or something. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people get frustrated uh, trying to do Lilith because they're just not they haven't acclimated themselves to the idea of DT sets and what they do and why you should wear them. 
Um, so Lilith will just straight kill you, <laughs> even on VE. Um, and charm you. Not, yeah, and charm you. Like, you have to understand the mechanics. You have to understand why you're wearing certain sets, um, different approaches, strategies. It, it really opens up uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of frustration uh, for people who aren't used to doing this yet. So That was the first time you and I ever played together, right? Yeah, yeah, I was doing Lilith content. Because yep. I was on a really bad like thief sub scholar combo because I was bad. Yep, but I was also I didn't know at that time that you basically had every job. I don't know if you did back then, but oh yeah, I did. So you just said you just said you needed a thief, so I just went thief. I yeah, didn't I didn't. I actually I'm like, oh, this guy's got thief. That's cool. He's got at least he's got one job. <laughs> you pick my you pick my actual worst job, and oh, you're I've just seen like, your yeah, core I too. Actually, my core is actually really good. I'm just bad at core. Oh, okay, that's fair then. <laughs> yeah. So divergence. This is a an event where how strong you are and how well your gear is, which is why it's down the list here at the bottom. Not just because it's one of the last events released, but how effective your strategy is matters a lot. But how strong your people are, because you're constantly fighting mob after mob after mob for two hours, your performance over time will definitely show in your results. So you want to actually be at a good place. You don't have to be. I mean, because you got to get your wins, too, for plus two and three armor. So if you're a newer player, I mean, it's kind of disingenuous for me to focus on how you can maximize your returns by this event rewarding you for being stronger. It does. But if you're a new player, I've made shouts that are disastrous where you get the plus two win. You can just zone in with three people. You need three people to enter this event again. And you can leave and you can unlock all plus twos that way, which is if you're a new player... Great starting point because plus two to plus from plus one uh, relic armor is a big difference. It's a yep. huge difference in when it came out and the stats on each piece and different stats didn't even exist. The plus three from killing the, the mid-boss statue, if you can get that as a new player. I mean, it shouldn't be too bad, but uh, you weren't in that last run with Abject and I. No, it was not. Yes. I actually wish I was. I described it in all the great details in the previous podcast. The well, this this content and the next content that we're going to talk about are where a lot of even if you even if you do pickup groups for them, um, this is where all of the networking connections that you've made in the game so far are going to start to pay dividends. Like if you start playing with other players and you've helped build them up as well, it's the same mantra that I that I've always said about you know how I go about playing the game. Um, I invest in other people so they can invest in me and my progress. So this is where all of those things that you've done with other people can pay off because they'll either join your pickup group because they saw you shout or they're already a, a hardened group of people that, you know, you've you've suffered through all this content with. Um, and I say that lovingly, but but you've suffered through all this content with and um, now they're ready to follow, follow you into um, content that really requires a lot of con- uh, a lot of uh, um, cooperation, cooperation. There yeah. you go. Uh, yeah, friends will come and go, groups will form and break, drama will happen and fizzle out, and in the end, as long as you're playing this game still, you know, you need to continue to meet and work with people. Because I've only been in Fox's Odyssey group. He's been doing Odyssey while we record, not not right now, but he's been doing Odyssey during the podcast before I was even in his groups. That V5 Ongo I wasn't there for. I'm only a recent addition to his group, and we record this together. So... I mean, it's important to continue networking as you eventually lose a group, gain a group, stuff like that. Yeah, you'd be surprised what you end up with. Um, and it's not to say that you can't do things through Pug or anything like that, but everyone will, will respond to things differently. I don't resonate with Pugs. I like to know what I'm working with all the time. Um, I'm just 
honestly way too anal and it's my one of my own shortcomings but that's one of the things that, that you'll learn about yourself as a player and how you have to approach things and you'll either be able to adapt to it or, or you won't you know i'm not saying everyone will end up like me i wouldn't even want everyone to end up like me um but at the end of the day you're gonna have to figure out how you're gonna have to approach this content and we're reaching the point where we're reaching actual end game now and we're in end game you yeah you should be able to uh you should be able to contribute and you know know your role and whether or not you know, you're, you're a hindrance or you're a help at this point. You should not just be jumping directly to this point, which is kind of the point we've made this entire time. Everyone wants to swim in the pool with their water wings, but they don't realize they can't swim without their wings. You ever have water wings as a kid, Fox? No, I was thrown in the deep end and told not to drown. Ah, no wonder you're so fucked up. <laughs> I had water wings, I think. I, I was too young to remember. I think I had water wings. I want to assume I had water wings because what kid, what what infant or whatever wouldn't want water wings? Well, it was the uh, the military approach to learning to swim. But yeah, there's a big daddy line in there somewhere. Oh yeah, man. Tried to give me a crew cut, broke up, woke up, broke his nose, never saw him again. <laughs> so Odyssey. So also diversions. If you're in a group that farms it, that's a that's an event that people do regularly because it's a regular event. Hey, what the? <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> it's the cats. He's just enough. Okay, he's just sitting there on the couch, and, and Blackie comes across the room and jumps over the table and jumps on him, and he starts screaming. The trauma's so thick. Oh man, that was wow. Ah, oh. see, this is what happens. Wow, man, it ain't done yet. Fuck Odyssey, we're going now. My CP's cap, bitch. So yes, divergence is very good for getting CP as well. Mutes to handle this. And then get over here. And then now he's hitting me. Now Odyssey. Is See, last I checked, Carrot needed to uh, get some sleep, but apparently the cats just fight all night. Also, so. uh, yes, this this tends to happen. That's why Spicy had to move or move the stuff into the room. And he's hitting apparently. a stick. Um, but yeah, with a uh, divergence though, like you're gonna do. St- content with people and you're probably gonna do it with them over and over again um you can actually learn what people you interact with the best and what jobs they have available that sort of thing and you can actually like start forming more niche groups like you would for the odyssey content because that's a six-man party as opposed to an 18-man potential alliance that you use in uh divergence so you can take subsects of the people that you work with and be able to run this other content with them and you know just continue to develop from there uh, there's multiple tiers like you can start fairly sooner it, it, it really depends on how you want to go about it uh but shoal a for example is a pretty reasonable place for for like the newer end of the end game content to start like the stuff in there will still destroy you if you don't have dt sets but it's a good place to be able to pick up some passive uh, cp and then shoal b gets better and then shoal c gets better also um but honestly, A and B are probably better for uh, for also being able to make like passive gill through lustreless items. So you really want to see what your group is into, what, what they're trying to do, and then you know move on to the bosses accordingly because they're tiered as well. Um, it'll open up a a lot of the the really ridiculous gear that's come out recently, um, along with like ammo and and like weapons and, and other accessory slots that uh, will round out your gear further. Um, like I like I've mentioned, do you remember like the level difficulty sort of thing? So. It's just more stuff to add to your collection. Sometimes it'll replace items, but 
again, you've, you've progressed by interchanging your sets enough by this point to where you'll know what pieces you need for upgrades and so on. What is it? I think it's 119 for Shoal A, 124 for Shoal B. And Man, hopefully you're okay, dude. Do you not hear me? Spicy's disappeared from the world. Do you not hear me? Fox? We've, uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff in Odyssey lately. Okay, um, how do you hear me now? It helps to have a, a group that uh, that you what work with fuck? constantly because it just makes the, the growing and learning process trying to approach content a lot easier. Are you finally back? Or Do you not hear me? Oh, I just went and rambled on about uh, about Odyssey and no, no, I, I I've been I've been here, but do you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Jesus fuck! Oh, were <laughs> you there the whole time? Yes. Oh, well, I think <laughs> your your audio is kind of fucking up, man. I have no idea. The cat might have heard something. No. Anyway, so what did I last say to you that you heard? Uh, we were talking about something about divergence. You started mentioning like other people in the group, and then you just like trailed off into cat hisses and probably violence. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're fine now. Uh, so I was saying, I think that the level content for Shoal A is one nineteen, one twenty four for B, and one twenty nine for C. So it's very reasonable that you can go, especially into just the, if you just farm the first floor, even of Shoal A, and get items and segments and increase your Mog Mastery to increase the power of your trust and stuff, which I think they're eventually going to make Mog Mastery more important. Hopefully, unless they're done with Odyssey, who knows. But, uh, you know, that's a good way to get CP upgrading some items because the Unity items and Augments are actually very good. There's a lot of important... They're not like pieces that that stand out as, oh, I got to wear this body for this or that. It's more of accessories and, and important stuff that's not some weapons. I mean, it, it depends. Yeah, you're just in the process of rounding out sets at this point. Yes. And uh, a lot of these Unity upgrades are just what this stuff allows you to do. Uh benefits you being able to round out sets and, and basically just um, specialize in what your job does. Uh, pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways I would round out CP in these events. I would eventually cap in a CP party or something or get started in a CP party, but I would take the bulk of my CP from, you know, Ambuscade, things like that. Because as long as you have the armor and weapons and stuff, I go to Ambuscade on, what, a 1200 pop? I'm, I think right after we did our thing on like 15-something now. And it's not a problem. It, it doesn't. I'm not like terrible for not having that last CP, but it maximizes my time on this game to, you know, not sit there and do it all in one place. Honestly, I've just, I've been mastering jobs in Joel C during our runs. Yeah, we get, we get like a hundred job points a run. It's great. Are you kidding me? It's that many? Yeah. Wow. It, it's 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 a lot, dude. So I just keep jumping on these other jobs. I get to learn how to play these jobs in like an end game capacity. I mean, I already know how to play them. I mean, I've leveled them and. You know of them. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've played every job, too. Like, I I know how they work and everything. It's just I don't really play them all in an endgame capacity all the time, even though they can be. Um, But this is a nice opportunity for me to be able to get get CP while being able to get that kind of experience with, um, you know, the, the, the harder end of stuff, I guess. It's different than just monotonously killing Apex instead of monotonously killing Nostros things. Uh, earlier I said it was 6,500 for Atonement 3. It's six It's uh, six mil. So it's only gone down 900k versus Bumbo, which we all know is 7.5 mil, which is now on a Sura. It's a server-wide price, if that wasn't also clear. It's like 1.3, 1.4. Ridiculous. That is ridiculous. So, I mean, the theme for this entire thing is a theme we always state that's been clear in all of our episodes. You know, research, pay attention, care meet people, don't be a stick in the mud, don't rape, you know, things like that. 
Yeah, the last one's pretty important, too. <laughs> Don't rape. No means no. But my school wants to train me on not doing that anyway. Well, you gotta learn something. Right? Stupid mandatory classes. I mean, so as I said before, the sets I'm making now are sets I never would have made before. <laughs> mandatory classes. And yeah, it's just, you- after... After how many years in this game? After 15 years in this game. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, not really. I've had a good time. After 15 years in this game, uh, the fact that I'm still progressing and enjoying the game and, you know, experiencing things is, you know, it's important to keep that perspective if you want the most out of it. If it's not the game for you, it's not the game for you. Or if you're looking to splice back up your XI life, then realize that gear is not the goal gear is the conduit it's the oil in the engine it's it's the method of which you experience the world it is the currency of on deal is gear it keeps the game going it's currency but you're operating within the game and it needs the drive there so the gear is what's there to keep us in it but the game itself is the reward yeah yeah, I would like I, I would prefer and this is why we're doing it this way. I would prefer to fail a hundred times at any of these V15s uh for Odyssey Jail. Um I would prefer to do that over just cheesing it, um, simply because it just it just feels like I'm playing the content. Like I'm getting my money's worth out of what I enjoy. And and paying for it. Yeah, I I mean we're we're all paying for this experience too. I mean, sure we could face roll it and we can get the next best piece of gear and we can Stand in town, looking looking really cool, while we shout at each other because we're all idiots. My favorite is when can... they shout things like, you know, are you even R fifteen? This have you even done this, man? Yeah. You know, it's like it's not an insult that you've Do chased you something. Do you have enough skill to be able to have the R fifteen weapon? It's like you're. It's a game. You're not. You know, it's not skill, son. You're not some badass. Yeah, but uh, what is badass though is being able to sit down and figure out a fight and just enjoy the actual gameplay itself. Which I think a lot of people have gotten away from. Oh, we're on the same page, Fox. It's amazing how that works out. It's about educating people, but it's also about shaping the collective opinion. If only. Well, it's important. Well, I mean, think about it. If if no one ever heard, if you're a newer player and heard this for the first time, versus everything else you ever heard from people who have played this game or what they had to say, or honestly, the the information exchange on the forum. And if you go on Reddit, especially Reddit, hoo-hoo. We'll get into Reddit in a second. How about we get to Reddit immediately after I finish this, Fox? Okay. I almost forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing that and the information exchanging through that and the things people say and all the conflicting information or the prevailing attitudes where it's it's almost like like a high school bleacher or something, you know? It's just the, the attitudes of the cool kids smoking cigarettes. Why are you bothering yeah. to do that? That's stupid. You know, stuff like, you know, <laughs> these fuckers, I, they're everywhere, too. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. name names, but, you know, I like yeah, to. Close. It was close. Well, what, what you're saying, what you're saying is valid, though. And yeah, it's just. <laughs> yes, this versus that. Yeah, fuck it. How about the uh, the question that uh, we weren't asked, but we're going to answer anyway? Yes, yeah, surprise segment. Question that we weren't asked, but we're going to answer anyway came up on reddit today and i think it really embodies everything here so do you want to read it fox i'll read the title yeah read the title did i mess up making sfari 119 r15 figured you wanted to throw that kind of voice at it oh that's the best i got it's like it's like a it's like a gay gilbert godfrey oh man (laughs) so the user writes 
damage feels bad, even auto attack damage. I really wanted the Final Heaven Knuckles since I started playing the game, but I don't think they were worth the investment. I keep telling myself they'd be good once I was finished, but I still feel meh. Maybe <laughs> I just don't know how to use them effectively. Uh, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of responses that happen. a lot going wrong in the responses, especially the rated up one. I mean, there's, I mean, we don't. I hate to always bring up the context card, but I mean, we don't know how new this player is. But just the fact that they're they were chasing a safari because they thought that they were going to be able to do damage. They've with always it. wanted it, okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, what they care about is the damage, though. That's really what's come up. So did they want it? Or they want um, damage. Yeah, even the auto attack damage. Order. <laughs> even that, the auto That was the best part. Well, okay, here's the thing. Like, a lot of people know monks for their ability to deal white damage, right? Um, that tells me that they're probably not doing it right, because if you have impetus up, Sparai are actually a very good weapon to use. I mean, um, you, outside, you have very of good AM, outside of Aftermath on Verathrogna and Empyrean, I can't see it's what else is going to give you. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, it's going to give you those extra spikes and white damage occasionally, so. I know yeah, it's only first hand, but come on. There's a lot of things that this far I do, especially at R15. Um, but let's really like if you really break down what's going on here, like this person just went out of their way to make as far I 119, and the first thing they say is damage feels bad because that's the topic of what they care about. That's why they wrote that first. And that just tells me that they probably weren't ready to make as far I because they don't know truly why they were doing it. Sure, you may have wanted it since you started playing the game, but there if you actually care about the damage you would have you would have known what would have provided better damage you know you, you should know why you're making the tool that you're making because then you wouldn't have to worry about whether or not the damage feels bad i don't want to speculate too heavily on this but i think they also i think if they're an old enough player that returned and made this relics were seen as like this you know uh promised land of like this is the best weapon yeah. and this and that so if you're taking that old attitude back into the game now and it's like, I'm going to be a super strong monk with this weapon I've always wanted because I idolized it for how cool of a damage weapon it was back in the day, which is the impression I'm getting. When that's not the case anymore, it's more situational. Um, yeah, you've, you, you didn't want the weapon. You wanted what you thought the weapon embodied and symbolized, and it doesn't anymore. So you've already not really wanted the weapon. Like, I've always wanted Kinkonkin. And even though Kinkonkin might not be the best damage weapon for Pup, and it's not like a case of if you can't just maintain A and 3. No, there are flat out times when God Hands are going to be better with Howling Fist, especially with the new Impaka Head, uh, versus I think King Konkin's slowly losing ground. But the situations in which King Konkin shines will always be there. And especially, you know, a pet overdrive for something when you're doing Blackie, stuff it. It, it, it's not going to go away, but I don't go, oh, I'm not doing as much damage. My auto attacks feel bad, man. It's like, no, I made the weapon for a specific reason, and I've always wanted it, too. So it could be the worst weapon in the world, and I'm still happy to have it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am the owner of a of a Sfari. Mine's only R7, um, but it is... Ooh, you can't very, talk, then. <laughs> right? It is a very good weapon, though. Um, it is not a damage weapon. And honestly, the first reply in this post is really kind the of worse. It up. Yeah, well, no, actually. If you're looking for damage, then you messed up. And that's actually true. Oh, yeah, uh, that's the wrong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, no, that's it's the right one. I had a problem with the next line, then. That's my problem with this post. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he goes on about saying that, that someone's going to talk about the counter build, which I will, by he the goes, way. I'm I'm, yeah, he goes, I'm sure you will chime, someone will chime in about the counter build at some point. 
For pure, for pure DPS, I think God Hands are the best option personally with how good Howling Fist is. So that to me, that's the person saying, oh, it has counter on it, but I don't know what to talk about with that. So I'm sure someone yeah. will talk about it. But for pure damage, I think that this is better. So that's that's personally what I think. That's To me, that is yeah. the worst post in the thread because they have nothing to contribute except to say you messed up. Then I'm sure someone else will talk about something I don't know anything about. And then I personally think maybe this is better. And that's what I do. That's it. That was that was the worst well, post, is why I think. Even a even a broken clock is right twice a day, man. Well, just because and they they have a concept in mind doesn't mean they can say anything about it. That's true. It's true. Um, it is bad in the sense that the person doesn't reinforce the true value of the weapon itself, which is the kind of re- reaffirmation that this person needs. Um, in making the Sfari, it's like, hey, yeah, you've identified that your damage is not good. Um, sure, you might be reaching out for help for that, but you want the weapon to be good. Now, having your weapon's damage not be good and the weapon being good are two different things. And uh, as the person who's about to chime in about the counter build, um, there are reasons to use this over some of the other awful suggestions later where they're just like, I'll just use a jolt counter instead. Ooh, well, that's our that's our boy. I didn't want to name him, but I thought of him when I was saying names. Oh, so that's Crossbones. Mr. Eagle and the, the uh, flag avatar. Yeah, the... Yeah, he's frequently wrong about things. So, um, why should this be any different? Right. So, there are situations where, like, you evaluate something just because you saw like a specific thing on it, and then you just immediately jump to that, and you're just like, I'm going to immediately compare this stat to something else and not look at anything else that's going on. And that's what's happened here. So, this person has decided that the jolt counters are just simply better than Sfari. Um, because they have more stat or more counter stat on it. So basically they have like a 1% higher chance of countering. But this person specifically has an R15 uh Sfari. And what this guy probably doesn't realize is that while impetus. I'm gonna read the up, post you're referring to now since you kinda Well, I mean I I kind of paraphrased it. They're just saying that you just don't need it. Relic weapons are bad. If they update relic weapon skill, then they might be good. Right now, they are an inferior DPS option compared to other weapons that aren't even really needed for a counter build because Jolt Counter plus one had more counter stats if you wanted it. So for now, I would say that money could have been spent making substantial upgrades. So they got the last part right, but I mean, the fact that they say that (laughs) Jolt Counter is better for countering over these is just dumb. I agree. Um, The R15 Sfari have a uh, counter damage plus 30%. So if you have impetus up, while you're trying to be in a defensive counter build, this weapon is going to do the most, it's going to have the most beneficial counter attacks. Basically you're, you're going to be doing a lot of damage off these counter attacks. Um, and there's also other gear that you get as a monk that augmented as well. And then the, uh, the Sfari also give you the ability to have a 100% kick attack rate. So there's, it has a lot of things going for it that you may not immediately realize. And no, it's not going to be your highest damage weapon. But that doesn't mean that you can't utilize it in a way that benefits your party. Like maybe you're in a situation where you still need to be able to do a certain amount of damage to the mob, um, especially with all the timed content that we have. So your counter is being 30% more effective, especially from a job that does such amazing white damage as it is. Um, It's just more damage that, that you get for free. And you can still do a respectable enough weapon skill. You don't have to use Final Heaven, um, but you should use it to maintain Aftermath because your 100% kick rate that you can build for as well, uh, maybe not in the same set, but you can still build for a very high kick rate. 
um, is going to be able to give you more TP for more ability to um, to throw more hands at the enemy. You're going to do way more weapon skills, or not way more, but you'll be able to do more weapon skills basically. So you have to be able to play to the weapon strengths and you know build what you build your situation or build your weapon around your situation for your set uh, basically. I thought so. I don't regret making my Svar. I, I, w- I want mine to be R15, but it doesn't mean that I always use it over my god hands, for sure. I think the best post here is from Wagman, who goes, Svarai, god hands, and Vera all have a spot where they shine. Svarai are just a lot more niche than the other two, but a ton of fun in those scenarios. With a solid counter set, you can almost cap counter rate without counter stance, which is good because they actually point out the use of the weapon immediately, which is great. And they can really shine when soloing or during Kate Sith and Alexander high tier battlefields. So they provide a great example. This would be the number one comment, not fucking Dracos up there with their, their bullshit, I don't know, you did bad. The, the you did bad part of the start and not knowing shit means it, I always hate it when people don't know anything and they just want to jump in and say, yeah, you did it wrong when they know absolutely nothing from what they've shown. And they go, yeah, you're wrong. And it's like, well, well fuck off. You don't know anything. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this person might also, the person who asked the question might also be using Safari wrong. Like, there's a lot of people who think that Howling Fist is basically the only thing that you can do on Monk, and Raging Fist to a lesser extent, right? Because it's a very powerful weapon skill, scales well with TP, and they get a lot of great multi-attack on this job. So a lot of people are taking God Hands to content, and they're just wrecking shit because it has a high damage, uh, it's a high damage weapon that uh, has TP bonus, and it's, it's very easy. It's a Howling Fist weapon. Yeah, basically. Um but Sfarai, when you're trying to do damage with it, and again, it's not going to be quite as good, but you actually want to gear it more towards how you would play with a Verith Ragna. Uh, because this weapon does really well doing like victory smite spam, because a lot of your, your gear still enhances it. I'm not going to say it's going to be better than, like, say, a God Hands at doing victory smite spam either, because God Hands will have a higher crit rate and a higher base damage. But you're not going to get the same kind of returns out of Howling Fist just based on the TP bonus that you're lacking alone. So you want to play it more like how a Verithragna would play it and spam the weapon skills that uh, are are more spammable, especially since Safari opens up faster TP gain, uh, basically, with, with more kicks. Yeah, I, I do find it a bit difficult without full buffs to multi-step with God Hands, which is very ironic given oh, yeah. the point of that weapon. Yeah, God Hands are, are like a slow battlecruiser weapon. Slow they, battlecruiser. Uh, yeah, that, that's typically what they're they're called in a lot of these games. So the slow weapons that hit really hard. Um, it's kind of like your 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 two handed DPS of uh, of hand to hand, basically. Um, you you very specifically want to hold up to certain TP thresholds, and um, the TP bonus helps you get there along with other uh, gear options that you can slot in, like Impaca's head and so uh, forth. I can say though, I'd much rather as a job with a relic rather have a Safari where it has a clear offensive defense use versus something like Gungnir on Dragoon, where it's like, well, maybe if the defense down procs for everyone, then maybe. And and a jump damage that's junk versus, you know, a great 30% counter damage on a counter weapon that actually synergizes with it. That's, you know, not just something thrown on there for, you know, the fuck of it. Yeah, I mean, it should never be a matter of whether you messed up making Svarai 119R15. Um, it's more of a matter of, am I not applying this properly? Because it's it's not a mistake to make the weapon that you want. You just want to make sure that you know how to use it. Otherwise, it will just be bad. Yeah, I posted here too as well that when Fox talked about the Safari, he said he didn't regret making it at all, if I remember correctly. And that it's not best for raw damage, but that isn't always the best approach anyway. So I'm glad that you've reaffirmed my assumptions here that you did not regret it, which I don't see why you would. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't regret it at all. In fact, um, if I don't do it on Dark Knight, I tend to kill all of the um, the the high level Unity NMs, the stuff just below uh, the the one thirty five. Yeah, all of those NMs. I actually kill those on Monk uh, with Safari. It's it makes the fight a lot it. easier. Yeah, yeah. Or I do catastrophe spam on Dark. Nothing's better than when you get Hunter Fist thrown at you and you just counter. Yeah, it's really helpful. Especially when you don't have to counter stance, which is a good point that was brought up in here. Yeah, because counter stance really makes you vulnerable. It sure I, does. I question if it's even worth using anymore in the game we have now. We're getting destroyed for having it on. Yeah. 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 You're you're guaranteeing that every monster attacking you is Captain Petith, basically. That wasn't such a big deal back in the day. I mean, it was, it was a big deal. You could hit really hard and you you get killed a lot faster. But now it just feels like it's pretty drastic. It's like life or death. I want to see uh, Hayden pop a counter stance and then get hit with uh, the shark's puncture move on B15. Ooh, that's death. Just see what happens. Just watch him explode into a fine red 20K mist. <laughs> fine red mist. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you don't want to use that anymore, and this is a powerful weapon for rounding that out. Yeah, sure, it has 1% less counter than whatever this dude mentioned, but this dude clearly has not looked into the strengths of this weapon. So. Oh, crossbones. Keep on it's... posting. It's adorable. He'll get there someday. I doubt it. I know, man. But yeah, so I mean, the nutshell there doesn't apply to any job. It's a nutshell. It's not a real progression. The entire outline we went over is not a real path. It is just an idea of a path, and it does not apply to every job. It, you know, it's particular to the job you're on or the path you're interested in or your group. So, I mean, progression is personal. It's not something that can be... Really, I mean, people like when they have an outline, like 119, deducing everything down, but that that's more of like linking you up with the possibilities more so than giving you your path. You still figure out your own path. Yeah. Yeah, I, my path was different than your path. Like, I may say that I used White Mage to conquer, like, all my content and gear up all my jobs, but I still effectively did everything in the order that you wrote on this list. I, I didn't actually have any hand in writing this list out. For once, it's I had the to natural work. Well, yeah, but I mean, my, my point, though, is that even though I was on a job that's basically the easy mode to all content, and, and I like playing White Mage, um, and I used it to gear all other jobs, it didn't really change the fact that the order of this list was more or less the same, especially if you want to do a good job of approaching content and actually understanding how this game works. Repeat steps five to nine. Yep, and don't let people repeat it for you. I mean, it's always personal. I mean, I can't say that someone doesn't enjoy that happening, but I still question <laughs> if they're just kind of justifying the ends in their head by the means they're taking. I'll always question whether or not they're useful when they try to join my content. 117 balloons. 117 balloons, man. Good luck with that. You gotta get a clown boner there to round everything out. <laughs> the fucking clown boner. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I think we're done. Yeah, man, we're done. We've uh, we've gone on for quite a while. About yeah, this. It's too long. So, if anyone is interested, the link shall exist. Find them in the concierge, and when they're not there for some reason because they've been taken or something happened, then just yell at Fox. Just yell at him. Give him what all your shit? give him all your rage and ire and complain at him. Otherwise, you can email us at wtfinvonadil at gmail.com. Please send us questions. I was thinking too, Fox, with the, the wedding and everything and, and it being on the podcast day and obviously rescheduling. I was thinking too, we could make a fan-sourced send us your lists of questions by posting a thread 
maybe live stream it and have, I mean, I don't want to live stream it, but just have people post yeah. questions. I don't want to do that, but I really don't want to do that. Dude, but, just have the Q&A during the ceremony. It's fine. Oh God. No, I'm talking about an episode, the next one to make it, not having to plan it, not having to write an outline out because the outline takes time and a lot of thinking and I have to go back and now obviously change things in 1 to 119 because times have changed and because progressions change a bit there. So, uh, yes. So send us questions. I think we'll make a thread. I'll force Fox to post his second post ever and see, if we can just get people asking any random question. Like what would you do if you were a monk and had Safari and then had jolt counters and didn't know what anything is? What would you do? Don't ask those questions, but just something. <laughs> What's your favorite yeah. dance of a dancer? Not like, like not the Macarena or something. Yeah, we'll see what we get. What's your favorite herb? But no, no I don't want to make an episode of that stupid kind of stuff, but just uh, there have to be good game-related questions that people can fire off. Just like, how does killer effects work? And Fox would be like, well, actually... <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's go look at all the fucking testing I just did today. It's in the Fox Danger Lab in the Discord. So also, join the Discord if you want. I am interested in the fact how long Simon will stay, despite us kind of <laughs> ragging on him. Right? I mean, it's kind of... Impressive. I'm, I I have some, you know, I'll give him some props. He's taking his licks and he's not taking it personal because we don't have a personal grudge against him. No. I mean, we may think that the way he thinks doesn't work for us, but he's not, an, you know, I can't say he's not an idiot because that's giving a little too much credit. But <laughs> I mean, I, I, I appreciate that he is still participating in conversation, even if he does get on people's nerves a bit sometimes. But just the fact that, you know, we can coexist. I like that. Yeah, it's nothing against him personally. Anyone who shares his mentality about how this game is played and operated is probably someone that I would light up on the regular. I do like seeing you light people up. But then, you know, anyway. Uh, so that's that. Uh, no intro music. I, I could start singing like, uh, I don't know, Barbra Streisand or something for us. That'll make all the boys come to the yard. No, man. Damn right. It's better than yours. All right, later, guys.